Oh yeah, your surface is right there. So then, uh, I I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you. No, I don't want to restart. God damn you, sir! I hate Windows Ten. <laughs> Try later. It doesn't say when your device will restart at eight oh three. That will not do. My old school notes are ready to go, and if you're ready to go, that's one good thing about paper is it doesn't need to restart. No, it doesn't. Maybe I'll it just you. yellows over time. <laughs> Slowly, right now, it's getting a little yellow. Yes, until the end of days. Until the end of days. Have you ever seen the demon? Have you ever heard him scream? He is the demon, but he seems but just a bad, bad dream in your mind. You're gonna find out about the demon. Welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keene, and today we're discussing End of Days, released by Universal Pictures on November 24th, 1999, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Gabriel Byrne, Kevin Pollack, Robin Tunney, CCH Pounder, Rod Steiger, Derek O'Connor, Miriam Margolis, and Udo Kier. Written by Andrew W. Marlowe and directed by Peter Hyams. So I'm curious to know, how, given your love for The Usual Suspects, I want to know if that has colored your opinion of this movie, considering the numerous, numerous connections. There are, so it's funny that you start off with that. There's numerous connections to a lot of things in this movie. Uh, let me answer your question, The Usual Suspects. It does not uh, color it positively for me, other than I think one of the best things it has going for it is Kevin Pollack. I think, without a doubt, I think he's, at least for me, one of the best things going in this movie. Wow. Um, I would not have expected you to say that. So I, I, so you don't think that's based on your love of usual suspects that you're giving him? I, I don't think. I, maybe it's some, I have a, a, a soft spot for Kevin Pollack, but I mean, I, I like him in A Few Good Men. I mean, I, I, what, what that character is supposed to be in this movie, I think he does a good job of. Uh, this is finally going to be the episode oh, where right. we, we really disagree on something strongly because we are at the end of days. <laughs> this is the, the podcast apocalypse where we're going to get in our knockdown drag out. That's fine. I have n- numerous notes about Kevin Pollock and how I don't understand why he, he's considered to be this great actor or like he, he gets a lot of parts in big movies. Not that this is like a big movie or all that popular, but yeah, he has his big careers in casino and yeah. you know, all that. He gets a lot of parts and I just don't get it. I don't, Get why I don't think he's a good actor. Oh, okay, that, that's fair. I, I, so I mean, it's interesting that you think he's the highlight of this movie. <laughs> I, well, okay, I don't know if I'd say he's a great actor, but for what he needs to be, which is the comedic relief, I think he's good at it. No, you don't have to backpedal. I'm just, uh, you no, know, I, I'm defending my position. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Here's what here's what I want to point out though, because I know that there this to me this is really just a different repackaged, darker version of a movie that I know that you loathe. Which so my is? question to you is: This is just Ghostbusters two. Yeah, so it let is. me let me get your take on that. It's, fu- it's funny you say that because there's a there's a scene early in the movie where there are some like power and gas lines digging, oh, into, yeah. and I, I went like oh, they're just looking for pink slime. And thank then, you. but I didn't make the larger connection of your you're right. love is lifting <laughs> me higher. That's what I was waiting for. If that big dumb CGI devil had been walking down the street <laughs> singing higher and higher, yes. higher and higher. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that CGI is so terrible, but I would have I would have fully enjoyed that. I just so, so, <laughs> no, but you're right. I didn't I didn't make the larger connection. But you're right. The plot is Ghostbusters too. Your place. I mean, in that the movie, it's a, it's a living born. baby, yes. right? 
but it's the it's the same plot and it like it infuriated me because effectively you've got two things going in this movie that are I, I don't know if they're sequels but they're they're just directly connected the same year 1999 you have Gabriel Byrne in Stigmata and then you have effectively the plot line of Ghostbusters 2. There's so much to be infuriated with this movie See, about. You're going to have to explain the connections to Stigmata, because I've never seen Stigmata. Well, outside of that, it is... Th- I mean, obviously, the religious yeah, connection. No, so- I, I'm not going to say that this is like Stigmata 2, other than the fact that Stigmata did come out a few months before right. End of Days. But I, it, it's not a great movie, and it's the religious connection, and there's you know a, a prediction. But Gabriel Byrne, instead of playing the devil, plays... I don't know. I can't remember if he's a priest or he, he's he. He's probably a priest. I, I, he's Irish. He's in a religious movie. Yeah, he's probably just, playing a priest. It's been so long. I saw it when it came out. I don't remember if he was a priest, but he definitely was the hero, right? Right. And then so this was just the polar opposite. <laughs> so the, I guess to circle back, I mean, look, the, the there certainly are some connections to the usual suspects. In particular, a couple of scenes to me, which I didn't get through all of the commentary. I got through some of the commentary, and I have some things to say about the commentary. Oh, on End of Days? Yes. Oh, wow. I, I, just, I really put in the time on this one. I just bought it on Amazon, which does not have a commentary. So yeah, I, I'd be curious, who, who was on the commentary? Was uh, it? it was just the director, which Peter Hyams. Yeah, Peter Hyams. Yeah. So I, I'm not familiar with his work, but I can tell you from listening to that commentary, I saw it in the opening credits that he was also, I think, the director of photography. Yes, he was. That is, to, I, to me, listening to the commentary, that's all he seemed to care about. Literally was the lighting and talking about this shot. He also did maybe the worst thing you can do as if you're doing a commentary, if anybody in Hollywood ever listens to this. He did not introduce himself until the credits were over. I wasn't even sure if I had the commentary track working. It's like a, a given. You should immediately start talking right. if you're doing a commentary. He did not say a word during the opening credits. And for a minute, I'm like, i got to fast forward. I'm not sure if this is actually working. Yeah, I agree. That's, you need to just establish that, yeah, even uh, if it's hey, just, I'm here. Right. You introduce yourself. And even if you don't want to talk about the credits, you introduce yourself and then let the credits roll. I thought you were going to say all he did on the commentary was just explain what was happening on screen because that's no. a pet peeve of mine that's something that william friedkin does if you've ever heard of no, william friedkin commentary no. the exorcist commentary he's just like and now she's walking up the stairs <laughs> and she's going to open the door like literally for the entire movie that, so that, i assume he didn't do that no Peter he Hines. didn't i mean he, he talked about um that he 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 was having like a love affair with gabriel byrne he just thought he was like one of the sexiest men alive and that's why he, <laughs> he cast them in that role and he said he, he kind of gave almost a little trump that uh, so many women wanted those the parts with Gabriel because he was such a sexy man. Um, but all he talked about was the lighting, which I certainly was annoyed that he, he, he is an art student first, and that was very clear from that commentary, uh, that lighting and shadow is what he cared more about than anything else, and that's what he talked about more than anything else. It's interesting you say that because I am familiar with Peter Hyams' work, and I would consider myself somewhat of a fan of his early stuff. Uh, you know, the biggest one being Running Scared, which I've mentioned multiple times. Yeah. He directed Running Scared, a uh, movie that I love. That, that movie feels a lot different than this. Yeah, I mean, that movie actually is fun. Right. It actually has some energy to it. Yeah. Uh, he directed the, the sequel to 2001, 2010. Uh, believe it or not, I've not seen 2010. It's pretty good. Like, okay. It's not 2001, and it's yeah. never going to live up to 2001. No, it's impossible. But it's, you know... It does a pretty good job following up on a movie that you would think is impossible to follow, follow up, up on. Man. Uh, he did. He made a Capricorn One, which is a movie about faking a Mars landing <laughs> in the seventies. Wow, it's it's okay. It's kind of 
cheese ball in a lot of ways. I'm impressed that you know and this catalog that well. I'm a, no, I, I like. I, I think he's a good director. I just, and uh, what else? Oh, Outland with Sean Connery. I haven't seen that either. Uh, that's a sci-fi movie. Wow. It's basically like a western in outer space. Uh, it's pretty good. They're all pretty good. I mean, I think of those, Capricorn One would probably be my least favorite, but it's still an interesting movie. But the one thing that I don't like about his movies is he's always his own cinematographer, and I think they always look bad. I don't think he's a good cinematographer, and I think this movie is also that way. There are some shots, there are some whole scenes where it's just like, it's so dark. It's like, what is even happening? I mean, it's possible I just bought a new TV, so it's possible I just didn't set it up properly. No, that's how it is. I mean, that's the one thing. I know I'm spending too much time on this commentary, but I guess since I put in the time, I might as well highlight it, right? I want to hear about it. I'm curious what he said. Yeah, and so I did appreciate his philosophy that, you know, he believes that if people are using, for instance, if they're using flashlights, then that scene should be lit only by flashlight or very little other flashlight. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it. Yeah, that explains a lot, though. Yeah. So, but that—that's his belief that if you're if an actor's carrying a flashlight, that's how the shot or the the room should be lit. But you're trying to tell a story, and if I can't see what's happening, it doesn't do. You're, you're you know, like he's got his like it's weird. This movie's about religion. He's got his own weird dogma going on of just like only flashlight. You know, it's like hey, but I can't see what's happening, so yeah, I don't care about your beliefs about cinematography. Yeah, and tell I, the story. And there was there. Well, that's the thing that I wanted on commentary is he wasn't giving me very much about the the script. And again, I don't want. I don't want them to tell me what's literally happening on screen, but I want a little bit on the script, and you got nothing about well, the script. Well, the other thing is, uh, in Peter Himes' early uh, career, he wrote all of his scripts. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, probably not Running Scared. I don't think he wrote that, but definitely those other ones, Capricorn One, and he co-wrote 2010. Like, and so I wonder if he just didn't really care about maybe he thought the the script was garbage, and he just did <laughs> I'm it. I'm not going to spend any time talking about it. Right, he just probably figured, like, all I can do is make it look nice or whatever. Right. Like this is this story is ludicrous. Yeah, uh, I'm cashing a check. Right. So maybe that's why he didn't want to talk about Could the stories because he knew it was crap. Because it really, it really is bad. I, I think this this script it's unsavable. I I can't disagree with him. I mean, I, this is this is one of his worst. It's certainly not worse than what we covered a couple of episodes ago in, in the villain. But no, no. Of kind of his you know real budgeted movies, that this might be the worst one. It's near the bottom. I mean, yeah. say what you will about Red Sonja. At least there are moments of excitement. There are moments that are entertaining. I mean, fine. I, it's, it's, it gets boring after a while watching them fight a mechanical dragon for five minutes. But yeah. at least he's fighting a mechanical dragon. You say, like, hey, that's, you know, just conceptually that's fun. Here he's just going from dingy place to dingy place. And then he goes in the church. And then it's just not anything. I mean, the, the biggest problem with this plot is... You know, I I think it would have made more sense if it had been a mystery, but that's not what it is. We learn in the first five minutes what's going on. Yep. That that you know, the devil's going to impregnate a, a woman right, at, a at New Year's Eve. There's yeah. a prophecy. And it'll bring about the end of days. We know that going. Like, the movie establishes that right away, and then the rest of the movie is spent with Arnold trying to find out what we already know, which is boring. Like I think, cut out the 1979 part. Cut out the silly scene of Gabriel Byrne, you know, arriving on the scene. Just start with Arnold in his apartment, you know, and, and go from there and we, let us learn along with him. That would be a lot more interesting because at least we'd be intrigued. The way it's the way the script is laid out, we're just sitting there watching him go through the motions going like, we already know all this stuff. We know exactly what's happening. Yeah, that is frustrating. I think the only, and I wanted to rewatch this. I don't 
I don't remember watching this since about 1999, 2000. I don't. I didn't see it in theaters. I, I saw it sometime in 2000. I don't remember when. Yeah, same here. But what I did, I, I still do kind of appreciate, even though it was a failure, and I don't, I don't know if this is Arnold's best, I like that it was different for him. I mean, it, this is a complete departure from Eraser and everything else that he had done. And I like that he, he was t- trying to break out a little bit and not be, you know, the, the clear-cut hero and, un, you know, not clean-shaven, not handsome. Yeah. The problem is the script is terrible. Yeah, I agree. And it, it, it's interesting to see him in a it's, – it's more of a thriller. It's not yeah. – there's, there, there's some action moments, but not much. Not really. I mean, the ending really is the only one. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. It's just this was the wrong project. He shouldn't have – you know, he should have found a different thriller. Yeah, this was the wrong project. And this also is falling in the years, too. This, this came up in the commentary saying, oh, you know, 10 years before, because I think he was doing the commentary in either – thousand or two thousand one you you couldn't have done this you know 10 years ago talking about some some of the computer stuff and i'm just saying yeah i i wish you actually couldn't still do it because it's not adding anything guess what you couldn't do it in 1999 either yeah you thought you could (laughs) but it's not very good oh yeah that's that's the thing 1999 was really the year when directors got like cgi drunk yeah that's the year of phantom menace that's the year of the matrix and it's just like uh you know the matrix more or less holds up but boy like most movies that are just like that was the year when they just went like hog wild with the cgi and you know there's there's a scene in in end of days where he punches a mirror and the mirror is cgi yeah it's like why why didn't you just <laughs> how much does a mirror cost versus a cgi mirror it, it it almost feels like uh i wonder if it was a thing where like uh in, in hollywood paying uh, by the pound or something <laughs> well i was gonna say uh you know a bunch of cgi like effects houses sprung up in the late 90s and they had to justify their existence like we could make you a cgi mirror he'll punch it you can control how the glass breaks yes and, it'll it'll you, we could we can do a spider web yeah. or we can do it where it's cracked in the the shape of 666 what would you like it to be <laughs> i'm glad they didn't do that <laughs> i mean that wouldn't have surprised me with this movie um, it would have been nine nine nine. Oh, you, I'm sorry. Yes. Well, it depends. Which way are you looking at it? Because he was on his head. Are you in a dream state? Which are you? God, that's so stupid. We got to talk about that, but just in in the broad strokes before we get into the details. Because man, like the whole all the prophecies and stuff in this movie. Uh, you know, I, I was raised Catholic. I don't pretend to be like any kind of biblical scholar. Yeah, but, you know, I went to you, Catholic school for eight years, and I haven't been back since. You, you were going to be my expert on some of this stuff because I am completely oh. out of my element. Well, it, no, there's no need for an expert because this movie is so far afield from it. It it feels like it feels more like Harry Potter mumbo jumbo than like any kind of religion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he he returns and. You know he must uh, he must bed this woman in the hour and you know even Arnold makes fun of it at one point is, is it Eastern Daylight Time or Eastern Standard, Standard time? time and they try to justify it but their justification makes no sense and the whole like six 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 is nine 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 if you turn it upside down as in nineteen ninety nine what end of days <laughs> they do say end of days a lot in this movie yes they do that's the reason why I do that's the one thing I enjoy doing uh, I. I I ran out of time, but I was going to edit them all together and do like a super cut of all the times characters. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. There actually weren't that many. It was like six or seven. I mean, it's a lot, but it wouldn't have, it wasn't enough to do. I, a super yeah, but cut. for the most part, most of the times in movies, you get the one, one moment, right? If you're going to have the, the, the title of the movie actually in dialogue, you get it once. And it's it. And this movie, right. you, like you said, it's like six or seven times we get end of days. It reminds me of uh, Penn Jillette from Penn and Teller. I saw an interview once where he said that uh, he and his friends, whenever they see a movie, 
and the, someone says the title out loud in the movie, they'll stand up and give like a one minute long standing ovation and then leave. Oh, that's outstanding. <laughs> so they would have been out of this movie in like five minutes and would have missed like six more opportunities for that. <laughs> that's I, great. Now, get, getting back I just, getting back to the religious stuff, like... That's showmanship. Let me just oh, say that right now. That'll t- I mean, he's a showman. That's, he, there's a reason why he's a magician. <laughs> he knows how to uh, leave knows, on a high note. Yes, he does. Um, but, you know, uh, the beginning of this movie, it's all... The, we may as well just get into it because I'm going to start yeah. at the beginning where it's like... They see the eye, the eye of God. It's like a comet over the moon, right? And they say, oh, it's the eye yeah. of God. That means that the child would be born today. And everybody, like, in the Pope's... I assume that's the Pope. Uh, that is the Pope, and you know who plays yeah, the Pope. Is. Go ahead. Uh, so what I want to say... Uh, so my opening just notes is the, the... I said that the credits established the garbage score for the movie that just seems loud and obnoxious at every turn point. Yeah, it is. But it's, I, it's bad. When I saw... I think it's... Is it Mark Margolis, I think? Mark Margolis. When I, yeah, when I saw that, I said... Hector, I, I didn't remember. Again, I haven't seen this in 15 years, at least. <laughs> said Hector Salamanca is in this. What does he play? And then literally, oh, he plays the Pope. Yeah. It's immediate. I, My I, note says Pope Tio the first. <laughs> I was, and he's sitting in that chair. It's almost perfect. He should just have a bell that he rings as the Pope. Yeah. Sorry, for, for fans <laughs> out there that are not Breaking Bad fans, it was outstanding to see Hector Salamanca from Breaking Bad as the Pope. Uh, and he is. Uh, we coined the phrase uh, in the Eraser episode. We were calling, or not Eraser in. Uh, uh, the escape plan episode we were calling Ray Buzzin's team the uh, the Zeus of that. Oh, episode. yes, the, the Zeus of that and movie. The Pope is the Zeus of this movie. <laughs> they keep cutting back to him like we must protect the girl. It's like, oh, thanks, Pope. Thanks for the update. Here's the only thing I will say: I do enjoy only because it's Mark Margolis. Oh yeah, that's the only reason why. But you, you're probably right. It is fair to label this with the uh, the, the new uh, hashtag for our show: the Zeus of this movie. Uh, but anyway, I had a point about. Uh, <laughs> The, I'm oh, sorry. No, it's fine. Oh, I remember what it is. But it's like everyone in the room agrees. Like, yes, that means that this prophecy. Like, that's not how religion. It's even like at the highest levels of religion. No one. They're not going to all be like, this is an incontrovertible fact that the child with a child with a Lucifer birthmark has been born tonight <laughs> somewhere in the world. You know, it's just it doesn't feel like it feels like magic nonsense. Yeah, that that's probably. I've never seen Harry Potter. I assume that's what that stuff is like. What I was <laughs> saying earlier, but it's just like that's what this. It doesn't feel. It grounded in anything. No, because it's just all made up nonsense. You're right. I mean, the the idea that anything within religion and you get a, I mean, it's not even just religion in politics, anything of, of power at that level. There's no way that everybody would be in agreement. Right. Well, technically, they don't agree on what to do about the girl, but they all agree that the girl exists. It's just like, yes. we must kill her. No, we must protect her. It's like, isn't anyone in the room going like, hey, maybe this prophecy doesn't mean what we think or, you well, know, whatever. Or maybe, you know, it's tomorrow. Maybe it's not actually today. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, also, I, we're getting into it. Let's just get into it. But, uh, you know, the the devil's uh, minions are way ahead of the game with these because they know exactly where this child is, and they're already there before she's even born. That's true. Where are they getting their information? Because, obviously, like, Satan's got way better info. <laughs> He's than, got better intel. Yeah. I mean, really, the, the, the nurse right. is right there. Like, they're ready for it. They've got a snake in a jar. Like, they're prepared. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed that I did not mi- I missed this. I missed the fact that... The evil side was way ahead of the game because you're right. They've got the snake ready. The head priest, Udo, he's right. No, that's not his name, but I mean, yeah, that's the Udo actor's name. Yeah. It's nice to see Udo Kier in a big budget movie because agreed, he's, he's mostly in a lot of schlock. But. Yes. Um, well, you could. this is a big budget movie, but you could probably still call it schlock. Yeah, right, it is schlock. Um, I, had, I did not connect that. That is an excellent catch that they were way ahead of the Pope. They knew exactly who, who was the mother. Like, they were there. How did they know? Like... 
the, the idea is that's the thing that really bothered me is the whole like the stars align like the child is born at this exact moment when the stars align it's like stars align that's not any kind of Catholicism that I know about uh, but <laughs> that sounds like astrology to it, me it really does uh, but like how do they know where to be when if the idea is that whatever child is born at that exact moment was going to be like the chosen one it could have been born anywhere in the world it was a timing thing not like a genetics or like right. it had nothing to do with the parents so I mean that makes zero sense how, how do they know where to be there's a lot of babies born right <laughs> and a lot of every second babies are born by like the dozens right why couldn't why I mean it, it it's in New York City. What if it was in uh, Waterville, Maine? Or what if it was in um, Ames, Iowa? Ethiopia, anywhere. <laughs> like, you know, anywhere in the world it could have been. But it's just, they had a lot of hospitals staked out. I mean, they must have just like every... I mean, to be fair, later in the movie we see just how many Satanists are in New York City. And there's a whole lot of them. So maybe they do. Maybe they're just everywhere at every hospital on this date. We know this child's going to be born today. <laughs> hang out at every hospital. And the people we see, Udo Kier and uh, and I and think them. we've I think we've got a good idea for they just for, won the lottery for an offshoot movie of, of like a comedy of a group that's just hanging out at a hospital that nothing happens, and then we just write our own of the hijinks that they get into the sad sack Satanists yes, that, that exactly. didn't didn't pull the right uh, in the hospital ni- in 1979, and maybe maybe what they do is they go dwallow, uh, drown their sorrows in what was it that Patrick Swayze was in. Roller disco. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Skate Town USA. Skate Town, Skate Town so, USA. So maybe, maybe that's what you get is that they just go and they just, they're like, you know what? Let's go do some roller disco. We need to really drown our sorrows that we weren't part of the prophecy. Oh, right. Because it's 1979. Yes, it's 1979. It's I, I was like, struggling to make the connection. It's like, oh, oh the timing is perfect. The stars have right. aligned for roller disco to have its day. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. They should have had more of a nod, another thing about the 1979, because it doesn't look like 1979. Not at all. It, it looks like present day. And it's, uh, and it's barely in it, too, other than... Udo Kier should have had a big, like, you know, like, or like a big sideburns or something. And like a big collar. He should have had like a really, you know, like a John Travolta collar or yeah, something. something. Well, he didn't, and we, we did get... Uh, I had it first, because I don't think you'd get her name. I think it's Mabel, Nurse Mabel, but I had Nurse Ratchet just the way she's... Happy birthday, yeah. Christine! I was just waiting for Randall... Uh, R.P. McMurphy. Yeah. So, so this nurse is played by Miriam Margolis, which I don't, I don't think there's any relation. I don't think so either. Are you familiar with her at all? I wasn't, other than I got a little bit from the commentary that she is like a Shakespearean yeah. um, uh, trained theatrical actor or actress. I think she's really famous in the U.K. Because I've seen, uh, there's a talk show in, in England, the Graham Norton show. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I watch it on YouTube. It's a great show. Yeah. And I've seen her on there. And she's a character. Really? She's really, really uh, something. <laughs> like, to the point where I kind of thought about, like, I should find some clips, and I realized, like, none of them would be appropriate on this clean podcast. Oh, like, man. she is Jeez. really, really something. I highly recommend. I'll have to look check her, her up on the Graham Norton show because, man, oh, man, <laughs> she seems like a real, like, a real character. That and is, it, and it, also Shakespearean trained actors. Trained, like, yeah. That's an interesting combination. It. It's a dichotomy, to say the least, and I would not have guessed that. And then also, just how did she wind up in this movie is what I'm wondering. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, I guess, uh, what's his name? Peter Hyams. The, that's how, names. Hello, I can't yes. remember any of them. I guess Peter Hyams probably knew about her and said, like, oh, I want to put her in a movie. I, I, I don't know, but she's well, good. I mean, she's, 
her her American accent's flawless. Like, yeah, no, she's she's good, and she is one of the few that is able to overpower Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I'm really <laughs> looking forward to discussing when we get there. Yeah, I have a lot of questions about what's going on there. So, okay, so uh, so as far as body count goes, I have a question for you. This is our first childbirth. It's tough. Are, are we counting this as a negative? Oh, negative that it's a birth. I thought you meant because her, her mother died. Or are we counting that? Oh, well, that, yeah, I didn't count those. I just forgot about her parents. Yeah, I mean. That happens off screen. Yeah, it's off screen. and we. I don't think that counts. It's the, you know, if there's a big gap and it happens during the gap. That's I, like, but I was just thinking about, like, you know. I think it's fair. We're counting deaths. This I think is a it's birth. fair. I think it's fair to, to have the reversal. Okay, I, that's that's what I did. And so, okay, so but body, you, body count negative one. You know what, though? <laughs> That'll get offset quick. We may need to go back and revise because in Twins, we we did not oh, we right. did not have negatives in Twins. And the, the not well, yeah, because you get the birth of both Jules and Vincent, and then they're they're, they're four at the end. Like yeah. that, that that movie may be in the negatives if you can M- minus six. Yeah, but I mean, there are only like three bodies in the whole movie, so I'm saying like oh, even yeah. like offsetting the two, you'd still yeah. end up total negative. Um, okay, let's not count it because we didn't count in twins. I don't want to have to go back and have a negative value in twins. <laughs> Anything that's going to harm our chances to get to a thousand, let's not do it. Let's not do it. Okay, right. so body count zero. I re- retract my negative one. I like that idea though. So the, what we get is we get a cut to December twenty eighth, nineteen ninety nine. Here's what I just had in this. Th- this is just made Christine's entire life is is meaningless. Literally twenty years. To- her life is totally irrelevant. It just undermines her as a character of being. I mean, I, I know what her character is, but it just that that to me going through this the second time for notes. Like, 20 years have gone by. Don't worry anything that happened to Christine along the way. It doesn't matter. She's not a character. She's a MacGuffin. Yeah. It's like, she she's the equivalent of the Ark in Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's just the thing that, she has no personality. She's just, you know, there. the chosen one or yeah. whatever. Um, but I think the idea is that she was sort of sequestered and... Yeah, no, I, I get that. I'm just, I don't know. To me, it just, it jumped out at me. Yeah. Um, Three more nights, New yeah, York, until yeah. every computer in the world fails. Yeah, this voiceover. <laughs> I assume that was added at the last minute, because I'll bet when they were filming this, the Y2K st- stories haven't broke yet. Probably. Because it's not part of the story in any way. Nope. So I'll bet they at the last minute, like, oh, we got to acknowledge Y2K exists. We got to put it in this voiceover. Did it, did it remind you? It reminded me of one of the, the greatest This Is Sports Center commercials of all time. Do you, do you remember that one? No. There was one, and I don't remember which host it was, but effectively it was poking fun at the Y2K, and it just becomes pandemonium at SportsCenter. And pe- oh, people are like, rings a bell. Yeah, I think it's Mark McGuire's like running around, like banging on a drum. I mean, it's just pandemonium <laughs> in there. And I think it was, oh, one of the anchors by the end of it, oh, I wish I could remember his name. I know he's the one guy who would always crack up laughing when they had the, um, Stein, is it Hank Steiner? That name does not ring a bell at all. Not Hank Greenberg. And, hey, I just know he... By, he, na- by 99, I was kind of not watching SportsCenter anymore. I just, so. I just remember that one ending. He has his tie tied around his head, and he's like, follow me. To, <laughs> yes. Do you remember? I do remember that. <laughs> just, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, I, remember, I can picture I, his face. I, yeah, I can't remember his name. Uh, so you're, you're, What does it say? Follow me to freedom. To freedom, yes. Your, yeah. your affliction is seeping into me. I can't remember his name. But that's the Y2K, that's what I associate with Y2K now. Yeah. Well, my note about Y2K is... Uh, it would have been funny if after all of this, like the whole movie goes by and it's like, we saved the world from the devil. <laughs> right. Everything just powered us down. The apocalypse happens anyway, just for a totally different <laughs> reason. That actually would be a better ending. I think it would have been. It would. I mean, if they, they set it up at the beginning, like they should have hurriedly gone back and reshot 
I'm not even sure because I think there were two endings. There I don't was. know if the director yep. talked about that, but yeah, there was a second ending where he survives. And apparently, there's a novelization of this movie, and in the novelization, he survives. Okay, but I, well, I'm not sure if the him dying ending was reshot or, if, but if, if so, I, I, they should have gone back and just you know shot a third ending, you know, like a white two K. Everything is powering ending. down, and yes, yeah, that would have been a very Twilight Zone kind of a thing to do. Uh, and we, should, we should have listened to the radio guy. <laughs> he warned us about this. It was in the beginning of the movie, and I wasn't paying attention. He said three more days. We didn't listen. Uh, and then, yes, as alluded to earlier, the uh, pink slime underneath New York is catching fire. Yeah. This is immediately where I said, I'm like, this is Ghostbusters 2, and I couldn't get it out of my head the rest of the movie. Yeah, see, I wish it had stuck in my head, because you're absolutely right. It, I, I have that same note here, and then no more Ghostbusters 2 in my notes, so I, I commend you on making that connection. Um, but in this case, there's not slime. It's, I guess, Satan uses the gas lines to get around. I, I <laughs> don't know. Is that what's supposed to be? It just is a giant CGI specter that oh, yeah, that, flies like, out. It's invisible, terrible. Like kind of Predator almost. Yeah, kind of. I, I think Predator looked better. Way better. I mean, I mean, first of all, it wasn't CGI. Yeah. I did, not that CGI is always bad, but uh, 99, CGI is usually bad. Yes. And... Yeah, like my note is uh, something effective. Like, uh, were they embarrassed by that demon, you know, effect that they just made it invisible? Like, oh, it looks bad. Just turn it invisible. <laughs> no, I, that I did get a little bit on the commentary, and it basically was is that initially, and I think this is the way they should have went, of uh, 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 gone on this. There wasn't going to be any visual representation. It was just going to be the camera moving. And basically, point right. of view, like an like Evil Dead. Yeah, it was going to be point of view, and I think that would have worked way better. And the director said, "No, we we need to show a little bit of it." And that's the I think the point of view would have been way better. Yeah, that was the wrong decision. It I think looks so. silly. Yeah, it's just you can kind of see like a hint of a shape, or it's got like a beak and wings. I mean, I, I assume it's the thing at the end. Yeah. Uh, which, if so, that explains why they were embarrassed by it and made it invisible. Because boy, that thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, at least bad. invisible is not as bad, as and leaves a little bit to the imagination because the actual thing is not great. Yeah, it did kind of remind me since he's coming up through the gas of like of in Hercules in New York, where like what's his name? Was I forget the, oh, the Greek uh, uh, equivalent of the devil? Uh, he I comes up Hades, through this. I think. No, that's hell. That's that's Greek hell. I forget what the god god is called. Hades is the is the place. It's not. Oh the god. yeah yeah. Um, I don't remember, but it, it reminded me of him coming up through the subway. It's just like having a, yeah, and, yeah. I, I mean, that would have been better. I mean, why did why didn't they have him like you know possess a guy, and why didn't he just show up as Gabriel Byrne? I don't. It seems like an extra step that's not necessary. It is an extra step, but this reinforces one of my earlier rules in a crisis situation. Another bad thing happened in a public bathroom. I don't know if you noticed You're that. You're right. That's true. Do not go into the public restroom. Even in a nice room. That looked like a nice bathroom. I mean, it was, it was nice, but... Uh, that's what I'm saying. Is you can be, it doesn't need to look filthy and disgusting to be a bad place. <laughs> it's like that looked like a re- that looked nicer than the bathrooms in my house. Yeah, and look what happened. It's probably the cleanest place in this whole movie, considering yes. some of the places they go. You're right, though. Yeah, the public bathroom. It's, it's bad business. So uh, Gabriel Byrne gets uh, possessed. I don't, he never has a name in this movie. No, he doesn't. Oh. I, I think it's deliberate so that he's just, he's just called him. Everyone's just like, he's coming or he'll get you or whatever. Yeah. You know, is the movie embarrassed to call him the devil or call him Satan? It's just, I don't know. But you're right. Even his character, the guy who gets possessed, doesn't have a name. Nope. He doesn't even say anything. You never even get to know who he is. Or No, he just comes out, gropes a woman. 
<laughs> well, first he gets tossed around in the bathroom, which is kind of silly. It is. Uh, he, I just don't we need a little bit of context about what you know? He gropes this woman. Yeah, who is she? I assume she's the guy's wife, but we don't know that for sure. You know, he there's no Gabriel context. Byrne does look at that when that guy speaks up? If it is his wife, oh right. He he looks like he's going to rip his soul. Like just just take his soul right from him with the look. I think that look was a little much. It was a it, bit much. Uh, I think I think it's part. It's not so much Gabriel Byrne's fault. I think the, the shot holds on him too long. Yeah, it's like eight frames too long. Where it's like it goes from being like a good performance to just comical. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I think it held too long. Yeah. Um and then yeah, she's. She seems to be smitten, and then he walks out. So my question to you is, and then you get to me, this is very much the usual suspects. The opening of the usual suspects, the boat blowing up, this is the same thing. Oh, right. Is Gabriel Byrne in that scene or no? Yes. Well, okay. Gabriel Byrne, you, at first, your first time through, and I guess spoilers that will be ruining both End of Days and the usual suspects, and I guess Ghostbusters too, in this movie. <laughs> uh, Gabriel Byrne, you get the opening um, with him, I can't feel my legs, Kaiser. Right. And so eventually Kuyan tries to flip it and make it seem like that's all made up and it was really Gabriel Byrne's character, Dean Keaton. But yeah, the, the boat blows up and it's a similar explosion. But my question to you is, did you count the people in the restaurant? I did. I tried to get a count as best I could. All right. Did you do a count? I did my best too. I, let, you want me to go first? Well, the, there is a news report later that... Really? That, I well, missed that. Well, it's easy to miss because... The news report, it's, it's when the, the, that punk wearing the Satan shirt bumps into him. That was a really bad joke. <laughs> we'll get there. Oh. But he's watching the news report about that explosion, and just as they're giving the body count, the kid bumps into him, and you can't hear what the... But it's 30-something. Really? It's, yeah. at least, it's, it's explosion responsible for 30... Uh, and then the guy bumps into him. So it's like, 30 what? I like run it eight times. I'm like, Man. what did she say? That but, I wasn't even close. I got 23 is what I came well, up with. Well, I had 37, so... I, we're going with yours because we got you got a confirmation. It was in the thirties. It was in the thirties. Let's go thirty-seven. Well, I, I had a breakdown because I was. I, did you count like the people in the bar also? Or yeah, didn't? I try. I mean, I did my best. Okay. I knew you were going to do it, and you were going to be more more uh, accurate than me. So I figured I'll try and see how close I get. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. This this part of the reason why I really didn't like this movie. It's unfair to this movie because it's so particular to our podcast, but. End of Days did everything in his power to stymie a body count. Like, it, like guys disappearing that fell down some stairs? Guys coming back to life. That too. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, just ambiguous. Yeah, the, the guy coming down the stairs. Oh, that, that infuriated me. Right. It's like, is he what dead? What happened to that guy? Did they drag away a dead body or did he get up and walk away? I Was don't know. Was it Weekend at Bernie's too? And did he just start to animate? <laughs> so, I mean, that Was could... there some voodoo music? I know I've done that more than once on this podcast. I love that concept of that movie. Weekend at Bernie's 2, surprisingly uh, comical for a <laughs> terrible sequel to a terrible movie. Yes. No, I, I share your love of Weekend at Bernie's 2. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, but, but it, we'll it, get there. It I, it, I, I counted that guy, but we'll get to it. But it makes it maddening. You're right. It's very, very difficult. And, you know, starting out with scenes like this, this is really tough to have any idea what's in there. Yeah. But 37, uh, I'm not going to give up the breakdown, but... Uh, Here's the other thing I had in this. So after that, you just get 12, 29, 99. That took a whole day? A well, whole it was, day. It was, it was a night, right? That was the evening of the 28th, I assume. Yeah, but we, we got an establishing shot, 12, 28, 1999. Right. And the only things that happen on 12, 28 is you get the sewer. Right. And you get him in the restaurant. Why even have 12, 28 in there at all? 
I just infuriated me that they started it three days before for some random reason, and the only thing you got was two scenes at night. You know, they had to establish what day it was. If you're going to have a plot that's surrounding a new I guess. I, I, I don't think the movie sh- that scene should have been in the movie at all. So I, I agree. Start on the 29th, cut Gabriel Byrne getting possessed. Just start with Arnold. Uh, him, him walking out the gate from Hercules in New, in New York, like you said. <laughs> right. No, you don't even need that. Just the first time we see Gabriel Byrne should be when Arnold has the job to protect him. Yeah. I think that's what it should be. But, we're, you know, uh, we're, we're backseat directing this movie, but uh, whoops. <laughs> no, I'm not going to restart. <laughs> Just stupid. My only option is restart now. You want to take a break? Let's take a break. Well, it's, it's going to take like 15 minutes. Windows 10, I hate you. You're in touch with your anger. I really like that. I don't know about you, but I'm going to have a drink. The fancy controller. You got me notes. Let's get back to it. I'm, I'll just... The worst. It's all right. It's because it's perfect. Because now we're at twelve twenty nine ninety nine. Before we move on to Arnold, I just want to point out for a non action movie, how many explosions are in this movie? We've just gone past two of them. Yeah. He when he comes out of the sewer, there's an explosion, and then the restaurant explodes. There are so many. Just this movie just loves blowing things up. Here's another explosion for your movie, kid. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, so I just want to. Mention that as we go on. Let's for a thriller. There is a, there are a lot of a lot of fire. Yeah, I didn't count them, but I mean, there is the devil. But uh, the devil's fire is not explosions. Like, yes. So many things explode. But anyway, yeah, we meet Jericho Cocaine. Yeah, and you don't get his name for a while either. I don't think you ever get his full name. I like Kevin right. Pox just called him Jer. So you might assume his name is Jerry, but no, it's Jericho. Yeah, and you do get Jericho in the sewers or whatever that is, the the subway with CCH Pounder. You do get the full Jericho. Right, yeah. But you're right. I don't know if you get Kane at any point. I'm not sure, but the naming and all the characters are named after biblical figures, which is so on the nose. Yeah, it is. Jericho Kane, and then Udo Kier's character's name is Doctor Abel. I I'm going like that. you've got Kane and Abel, and they don't even meet. <laughs> How does that happen? It's all so on the nose. It's well, whatever. I I knew the Jericho. I didn't know that. Well, then how do you get Bobby Chicago? Is what I want to know. <laughs> is that uh, Kevin Pollock? <laughs> that's name? his name, Bobby that's Chicago. That's the name I never got. I was just calling him Kevin Pollock. But uh, you're right. That's not a <laughs> biblical name. No, he sounds like he sounds like he's a musical character for some gangster drama. It's Bobby Chicago. Yeah, that character doesn't sound like a seem like a Bobby Chicago to me. No, but, uh, not at all. <laughs> so we do <laughs> I get that. We do get Bobby Chicago's entrance as he. Um, uh, comes into Arnold's as Jericho's pretty messy apartment, and it does try and establish pretty early that this is going to be a different kind of character for Schwarzenegger, and I think it does an effective job at that. Uh, it does, and it doesn't, because this is, this is one of those scenes where it's showing like his apartment, and you see like the like, the first shot. I think is like it's an unlit cigar, and then I couldn't tell if it was like a Nyquil bottle or so, it was, or maybe a bottle of pills. Like it was so dark, I couldn't see yeah, what, what it even was. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, he pans over to the gun and then he picks up the gun. Yeah, he's about to commit suicide in Bobby Chicago. If if he was a few few seconds late, this movie is done. <laughs> right. Um, Some people would probably say that's okay. Well, maybe uh, if if he had killed himself here, then maybe Gabriel Byrne would have gotten shot 
by a uh, oh. priest sniper, and you're right. Then the movie would have been over. So yeah, but what the, doesn't make sense is that what would that priest bullet have really accomplished? Since Arnold shoots him later in the movie, and it just heals right up. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it makes no whatever. What it makes the, no sense. The, this movie is just not explaining the rules of the game here. It, yeah, it, it seems like it makes it up as it goes along. It really, it really is. I mean, I think that's that's clear. Um, but yeah, they've got a they've got a job, and there's a, the gag about. Uh, Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I did get from the commentary that the the pizza was Arnold's idea. For better or worse, that was his idea. <laughs> is it really an idea? Oh, the, the fact that it was on the floor? Yeah, that it was on the floor. Okay, yes. that's 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 an actual idea. It's like <laughs> I thought you meant like oh the, maybe we need pizza right. from Arnold's pizza shop. <laughs> well, it's like. The scene is, put a bunch of gross food in a blender, mix it up, and Arnold's like, I have an idea. What if one of those gross things is pizza? Yeah, sure, Arnold. I'm contributing to the movie. You know, <laughs> That's almost not a... But the fact that it's like he takes off the floor. Yeah, like that was his idea. That's, <laughs> that's, that's an actual idea. That's how disgusting that this man is. Yeah, I was already losing interest this early in the movie, because I think the first time I watched it, I, didn't, I wasn't paying attention to the stuff he was putting in the blender, so I was just like, oh, he's... For such a slob, he's kind of a health nut. He's drink, he has this, like... You know, I thought it was like a shake, like a health shake. It's like, nope. That is pretty funny if you didn't notice some of this stuff. Did you happen to notice as you went along, and I can't remember if it's here that you get the Pepto-Bismol. Did you notice a lot of the product placement? No. I mean, you get Pizza Hut, Pepto-Bismol, there's AOL on the front of a bus. Now, that could have just been happenstance, but I did love that there was a huge AOL ad in this movie. (laughs) This would have been like peak AOL discs being distributed. Uh, this may even be on the downside a little bit, but yeah, it's maybe just on the past downside the of the peak. Yes, uh, I mean the, the, there are a lot of shots in Times Square, and so obviously there's there's uh, some stuff there, but I, there, there's other ones that I there, there's a lot of product placement. In yeah, this I didn't movie. really notice about product placement because anyway. it was so dark; I couldn't see any of it. It's probably true. There, there's a there's a um, product placement coming up here for the X Men universe at Striker uh, Security. Oh, is that what he works for? Striker? Yes, Striker is who created Logan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but is that that's the name of his company that he the security company? That I don't know for? if it's the name of his security company. I don't care. I mean, it's a security company and it's named Striker. Where Arnold works? Yeah, yeah. yes, it's Striker oh, okay. Security. Yeah, yes, that's, that's what I was asking. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Yes, it absolutely is. And I kind of wondered if this was the beginning of the X Men universe or it was tied to the X Men universe. Well, Miriam Margolis later is basically Wolverine. <laughs> You're right. So yeah, I think there's probably some tie-ins there. <laughs> She is the original Wolverine. <laughs> She's got some claws. Um, yeah, so they 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 got to protect this scumbag. He likes scumbags because they pay better. They pay better. So it's a, yeah, he's supposed to be an investment banker. And let me just say, how much do you think that this security detail costs? It has a helicopter. Oh, I know. It's so it's so much overkill. Like the president doesn't have a helicopter hovering over him at all times. <laughs> right. Who is this guy? And how much money does he have? Well, here's my question because. Did this investment banker schedule this protection and it just so happened that he turned into the devil? Or did the devil schedule it knowing... He, pre, he pre-ordered? Yeah. Well, did he knowing that the priests were going to be trying to kill him. And also, how does the priest know who the devil is? This ha- Just last night, the devil became Gabriel Byrne. Right. So how does this priest know? I don't know. And Let's just jump to it. Maybe I'll ask the audience at Bad Puns Podcast on Twitter. Does any of this make sense? Because you find out a little bit later... The priest who had the premonition and has basically been spending the last 20 years looking for uh, Christine, he has a picture of her. Why doesn't he just go do something with her? That's a great question. 
He has a I picture of her. He knows who she is. I can't believe I didn't think about that, but you're right. It's a, please, the, the audience, let us know. None of this makes any sense. Satanists have her in their grasp, and he has done nothing right. to save her. Or kill I mean, he's done nothing. Right. Whether he goes you know, off the deep end and he doesn't have the faith anymore, right, and he's going to kill her, or he's going to try and rescue her or do something to get her out from the Satanists. Instead, he's been carving words into his body and writing on the walls. And, yes. Um, and somehow determined pinpointing that an investment banker is going to be at a certain place at a certain time and possessed by Satan. Yeah, and I was, cause I, I was thinking, I'm just reacting to this now, I was thinking maybe he doesn't know her name, he only knows her picture, but he, he carves her name into his chest, because that's right. how they find, that's how Arnold finds her. Arnold's the world's greatest detective. He really is Batman, that he gets, <laughs> uh, maybe it's Christine in New York. Or Christine York. Or yeah. Christine York. Yeah, that, that whole, the whole, her name is Christine York, only so that you could say yes. Christ in New York. Yes. Um, but I, I agree. Like, you know, it's, it's a matter of tone. If this had been a silly adventure, like, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know how you make a silly adventure movie about the devil, but you know, it's like, right. I mean, if this was national treasure, you know, like right. Nicholas Cage in something like that, it would have been fine. Right. Yeah. It, it, if this tone, if the movie wasn't taking itself so seriously, who cares? Like the, the, the plot doesn't matter, but this, you know, end of days is trying to convince us that, this is all really serious business where, yeah, none of it hangs together in the slightest. Like, there are, like, nine different problems with each scene. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nothing connects to anything. Nope. Uh, it's crazy. It's funny because uh, I remember in 2000 when I watched this, kind of liking it. Really? And I think back, it's just like, why? what did I <laughs> see in this movie? Yeah, I, I did not. This was one of my least favorite from, from day one. Um. Anyway, yeah, yeah so you do get it. I mean, this is, for a thriller, maybe not for an Arnold movie, this is actually a pretty decent action sequence. I mean, I, I, at least for me, I, I was kind of impressed. It wasn't digital effects. That's a real helicopter. Arnold's rappelling down, right? you know, chasing after the, the priest. Well, Arnold's not doing it. His stuntman is doing it. His stuntman's doing it, but I think... <laughs> There's some very clear stuntman. You can see the stuntman's face in a couple of shots. Yeah, but when after he fought, after the priest... Um, Pulls the gun when they're hanging up above New York, which is actually being filmed in L.A., but whatever, when they're hanging up there off the helicopter and they start sliding down and he gets saved by newspapers, which I'm like, oh, man, it's a good thing it was 1999 because if it was 2009, those newspapers probably wouldn't be there anymore. It'd be selling like used iPods or something. (laughs) Exactly. But when, when he falls through the newspapers and takes off running, coming down from there, that's Arnold. Arnold, it's confirmed on the commentary, too, that's Arnold that... Jumps landing off. on the street. Yeah, landing on the yeah, street. Yeah, not up above the buildings, like Peter Panning around. No, not on the helicopter, but right. the, the last, whatever, yeah. 20 feet or whatever, that's Arnold. Well, sure. I mean, he basically is, the, you know, cut to him landing. Like, he probably, all he had to do was jump, and then you cut while he's in the air, and, oh, I, I fell off the roof, you know? Well, I, I don't not think everybody, he, I don't think, does those, though. I don't know. I don't think that's a very impressive stunt. I mean, I, it, not, I'm not expecting him to be, like... Doing death defying, he's not, you know he's a big movie star. They're not going to risk him, but no, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I agree though. It's a decent action sequence. I, li- I like as I was writing my notes saying that's yeah, an interesting thematic thing how they start up and that's roofs and they go down into the depths. Yeah. Like oh, this is a movie about the devil. Like that's an interesting. But then the movie just goes just so ham fisted with like red lights and the subway. It's just <laughs> yeah. like okay, we get it. Movie, it's hell. Yes. Like come on, it, it, this movie is really really blunt with some of its symbolism. A thousand years has ended. <laughs> yeah, and this guy's guy, down there. He's over the top. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's playing a crazy priest 
He's got to be at least a little bit over the top. But well, it, it's, it's silly. It's very silly. It's silly. And yeah, so from this chase sequence, chases him down into this emergency exit for the subway and um, has the standoff with him. And Arnold, Arnold gets him in the leg. Right. So and then he finds, what happens? He finds the matchbook with the bar. <laughs> yes, the, uh, excuse me. Sorry, I'm getting over a little bit of a cold here, so I got a little cough. <clears throat> he gets the, um, the matchbook, which I did get from the commentary that apparently <clears throat> the name of that bar is used in a bunch of his movies, and it's his wife's maiden name. Yeah, I knew it was uh, a thing that uh, Peter Hyams used a lot because... You've seen way more of his movies than I have. That, that's a thing. That's like a calling card of his where every right. movie there's a character named Spota or there's a place named Spota. Yeah, and that's what he said. It's, it's a valentine for his wife. Yeah, I believe there was a, one of the cosmonauts in 2010. His name's Spota. All right. If I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, they, they track. They talk to someone. They kind of skip over the bar part. They're just like, oh, we learned where this guy lives from the bar, people in the bar or whatever. <laughs> they skip over it, but he, no, what he says is that... Um, uh, you know, you, you go to a neighborhood bar and odds are you're going to have found somebody that will have carried a drunk home and that he know that Arnold's character, Jerrica knows from experience. So they, they do. I don't think they just gloss over that. They, but, but you don't actually see them questioning people. No, they just right. explain, they tell, they don't show that, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we learned where this guy lives. And it's basically the like seven, it's the movie seven in there. Yeah, you know what? You're right. That that's another movie that's weaved in here. And Seven's a few years before this, probably I think '95. I think so, four years before. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know. Yeah, the, this priest—he's supposed to be fighting the devil, but they're portraying him as this crazy guy. Like the movie is almost making it seem like he's just nuts, and it's all in his head. <laughs> yeah, but it, he's obviously—it's obviously all real. It's real, and it also doesn't make sense why he lives in this, you know, dank dungeon type apartment. Did uh, Tio Salamanca? Did, did he? Did the Pope just cut him off? I mean, is he not giving him any funding? Well, I think uh, the detective uh, Marge, right? Yes, it is Officer Marge, yes, not Gunderson. Not Gunderson. Um, she says that he went off the grid, or he like disappeared a couple months ago or six months ago, something like that. Maybe as do yeah, say something. Yeah. So may, yeah, I, you, I, I forgot about that. And maybe as it was getting closer, he decided he, he just needed to get off the grid. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe that's why, like that's how he found out who the devil is going to be is whatever he's been doing. And that filth, I don't even know more. Maybe that's where he could do the carving uh, into his chest and nobody would bother him is down in that. Maybe yeah, no one would stop him. Um, but yeah, they find, uh, well, there's the cat jump scare. Really cheap trick. It's, it's it's the least shocking jump scare. I mean, jump scares generally don't work on me, but even this is just like, what? <laughs> and also, there's just a cat in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, why? And why is it that's where he keeps the picture, by the way? Because there, there's, I mean, I <laughs> yeah, was no. infuriated that he's got a picture. Did he forget about it in the fridge with the cat? Yeah. Actually, uh, I did have a grandmother. Uh, she passed away a few years ago, but uh, she used to keep all her like bills and things in the dishwasher. So it's oh. not that it's not okay. that unreasonable. Okay, okay. It was an unplugged dishwasher, but that was her filing cabinet. So, so when you you do get the discovery of the picture, um, the you get a cut to Christine at the cemetery, and again, that's it for Christine, and we're back back on the Arnold track. Yeah, I do like how just to make sure you understand that she's at her parents' graves, it says mother and father on the graves. Just to, it doesn't even say like beloved father or something it's just father, mother. It's it's just there for information. This, this was a 100 million dollar budget. They needed to save thing save money where they could. You pay by the letter for that stuff. I guess so. Uh yeah, so back to the crime scene and back to the crime cop, scene. Cops the, show up. Yeah, and, Officer Marge arrives. 
with they just kick in the door, guns blazing, and then Bobby Chicago and Jericho pull their guns. Like, how did they not just get shot? That is <laughs> right. not very realistic. They're pulling guns on police. Yes. Yeah, these police are very tolerant of these interlopers in <laughs> yes. all of their crime scenes. Yeah. There's three crimes. I mean, I guess this isn't a crime scene. It's just someone's house. There's no crime was committed there, but still, no it's, crime was it's committed. relevant to an investigation. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, um, it's a suspect in a shootings right residence. <laughs> I mean. They have so much justification to lock these two up. I mean, they're basically contaminating and, every crime scene in New York. End of movie. Just lock these guys up and the movie's over. The devil wins. Well, okay, let's get into it. Later in the movie, we learn that Detective Marge is a Satanist. Mm-hmm. That basically every, everyone in this movie who's not Kevin Pollock and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and Christine, basically everyone in this movie is a Satanist. So yeah. at this point, she should see that... He's a threat. Yeah, they're they're looking into this. I mean, granted, they're looking into the priest who is, I guess, theoretically, you know, their enemy. So maybe they she thinks he's going to help or something. But still, like, why take chances? She she's she's a devil worshiper. We learn. And why is she tolerating him? Can we can we also discuss the difference? The different factions of the devil worshippers. I have the candle bearers, <laughs> okay, and the flashlight. Wielders. Yes, oh, you're right. I didn't, the yeah. flashlight wielders, they're a tough bunch. Yeah. I mean, they will come at you and start beating on you. But the, the ones with the candles, all you have to do is pull a gun, and they're, I mean, they're immediately running. Yeah. Oh, I noticed that. The, the, when, she, there's a huge when the guns come out, all the, you're right. The candle people definitely like run for the, the Oh, hills. they're running for the hills. But the ones with flashlights, they're ready to take on Arnold Schwarzenegger. And there's hundreds of them there's so everywhere. Many. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I didn't pick up on the fact that there are two. I, I, I guess I kind of assumed. I didn't actually think about it, but I guess subconsciously I assumed that they ran and got their flashlights and came back. <laughs> you know, these candles aren't going to cut it. We need better. We, we need our weapons. Yeah, but don't get actual guns or anything. Just get flashlights. Just get flashlights. We'll intimidate them. Crowbars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so they're going to investigate. They're not going to tell the cops about the picture of the girl they found. And yeah, then, and, and it, it becomes that they Jericho just immediately gets obsessed that he needs to find the girl, which I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. It, there's no real justification for why Jericho no. is hell-bent on solving this, this case. Yeah, what. because, I mean, you've kind of established that this is a suicidal... I mean, he literally, at the beginning of the movie, was going to commit suicide. Why is he all... Why does he care? Yeah, I mean, none of his character arc is justified in any way. Because the whole thing is supposed to be like he's lost his faith, and by the end of the movie, he's refound his faith. None of it's earned. None of it is justified. It's all just just trust us. He learned. He got <laughs> his faith back. You know, I agree. It, it's nothing. There needed to be some kind of a step. Like I don't know. Maybe if because there's a scene where he remembers oh a thousand years, and he remembers the Bible passage, and he yeah. digs out his old Bible, and in that box is his daughter's up, stuff. Yeah. Yes. So I, I guess in theory that's. But, but you're right. He's he's hell bent on the hell bent. Fun number one. You, no, you've done that twice. I didn't point <laughs> I? It out the first time. Oh, yes. See, it's, it's all subconscious. Um, but you know, he he he's already saying like, yeah, we got to find this girl. So he, he sh- this scene should end with him being like, I don't care. And then he find he makes the connection. He finds the Bible and he yeah. calls up Kevin Pollock. Says, oh, we need to. Which is funny because all right. So in the order, you get them that he needs to find the girl, and you then cut to Christine. You have this. Scene where she's on the subway, and we, we didn't talk about it, but there's this kind of, I, I didn't get the actor's name, but kind of a somewhat, not Buscemi weird, but weird looking actor. 
Oh, that uh, like albino, yeah, kind of like. And so, I assume that's what it's supposed to be, right? Yeah, and so he has this scene where he comes up and you know he's talking to. Well, first he doesn't say anything, and all I could think of, by the way, and this happens almost every movie where some creepy guy is just standing by somebody. Yeah, I like your house is all I can think of from Unbreakable. <laughs> that movie had that scene. Oh has man, the, I forgot you, all about. Do that. you know that scene? Because that scene actually in Unbreakable still is a little frightening to me. Yeah. I mean, really, I forgot all about that. The but delivery no. and everything that the, whoever that actor is, that that actor was phenomenal in Unbreakable. That and that scene still, like when I answer the, if I answer the door and there's not somebody that I know, right? I still will kind of get. Fl- I like your house, boy. It, you, the first time you said it, it sent a shiver down my spine because I haven't seen that movie since 2000 or so, and boy, I forgot all about that scene. And now oh, that you, now that I came back, that scene just works that again. really, yeah, really, really well. So I, on this scene on the subway. You know, he, he comes up and said, you know, he, he's, uh, hey, Christy, he's just kind of weird. And she basically has another, this is establishes her visions because she grabs at him and he eventually falls apart. And it's just more CGI. And uh, you were, you're right. This is another example. He just fell in love with it. Why, why did you yeah. even need that him to shatter like that? Why does he have to turn into porcelain? Yeah. There's no need for it. No, other than. He could just disappear. Yeah. We, no, but no, we, we've got this new technology, so we're going to use it. Yeah. I, this character who accosts her on the on the subway is this the last time he appears and doesn't he never comes back and he's real right like we see him earlier when she's not around you see him he's out on the street when the limo goes by for striker security right and that's it you have those two scenes and this yeah so i think he's he's real but is he dead who knows <laughs> <Did you laughs> count this <laughs> i didn't count it that's a good. That's, that's a, a hallucination. Good question. I, I wouldn't have counted it because I think it's a hallucination. I don't think he's dead. Yeah, that, that's what I did. Uh, I think I still don't have my notes. God damn it! Um, <laughs> I'm so mad about this. But yeah, I, I, it's this character is so. I, I kept expecting him to come back, and he never did. No, like you know, I just thought like he'd be in there somewhere or something. Like, is he a demon or something? Like, I don't even know what it's supposed to it's, be. It's not established. It, it was just, we needed somebody kind of frightening looking to have this CGI porcelain doll. And also, uh, speaking of frightening looking, I, I, I'm, I'm sure they're implying that he's albino. Has there ever been an albino in a movie that wasn't evil? Like, they have a real gripe. Like, I've seen people <laughs> complain about this. And yeah. It's true. Like, has there ever been a, a character who's just a regular guy who just happens to be albino? Like, never. It's they're a good always, question. They're always evil. It's funny that you just mentioned that because I, I just read an article. I don't know if it was in the Tribune, but somebody written up that bisexual characters are like always villains. Yeah, I, 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 it's recent. It's either like today or two days ago or something. That Gone it was, Girl. Or the, what movie was it recently? Well, it's a, basically they're saying it's a bunch of them because you also in uh, American Horror Story, not the current season that's airing, but the previous Lady Gaga plays a bisexual. She's a villain. And basically, they just had a bunch of examples, and they're like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> they're probably right. Yeah, now you mentioned it. Uh, that is true. <clears throat> but there's, there are some, some groups that still, you know, for sure have, have some, some gripes. legitimate gripes. So a- after this on scene on the subway, this is where you then get in the order, and that's the reason it's not that big of a leap in time of him back in his apartment. This is actually where you get a blatant Pizza Hut box, actually, at the start of the scene for product placement. Okay. Um, and this is where he remembers. He's he's starting to think thousand years, and then he eventually puts together. We we glossed over it, but Kevin Pollock has a line of twenty seven. Oh, it ends in a football score, which I yeah. actually laughed at. <laughs> okay, I'll give him some credit there. I, I like that. Oh, it ends in a football score. Yeah. Uh, and this is where he finds the Bible, and yes, he he, um, he 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 puts it together, 
and also he has the music box is in kind of the box with the Bible. So you're right. They didn't have to have him obsessed with this. He could have just been sitting around making another one of his pizza smoothies. Yeah, this should have been the trigger to say, okay, he's going to digging into it more. Yeah, is that all of a sudden he starts, the, you're right, thinking about thousand, thousand years, wait a minute, goes digs through and all stuff, and that's what motivates him is that he remembers his daughter, but Well, they, I think he, I think he remembers the Bible verse, which it seems to imply that he he really had faith if he and, like, he remembered that's yeah. a line from the Bible and was able to find it yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah, so, but then while he was digging into the box, her, his daughter's stuff was on top. I, mean, yeah. I think that's all it was. No, that's all it was. What I'm saying is you were right that they didn't they, they could have just had this be his motivation is that his memory is jogged, he goes and looks through and then discovers his daughter's stuff and then becomes well, I need to find this girl. Right. He's kind of remembering the person he used to be and right. that that person would would have investigated. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't understand why they just have him so gung ho about it. It's, I, you're absolutely right. From here, we then just head back to Christine. She's calling her priest for psychological advice, which I'm not sure that's a good idea. Is is he her priest? Is that what yeah. the idea is? It, uh, she his, calls him Dr. Abel. I thought she was, he was her psychiatrist. No, his check his credits. His credit is head priest. Well, but head, like, satanic priest. Oh, well. Right? I don't know. I think his day job officially is he's probably a psychiatrist. Okay. That's what I assumed. Right. I mean, there's nothing either way to indicate that. I don't think he's not, certainly not a Catholic priest. No. I think when you look at the credit and it says head priest, they oh, mean head, Sa- pri- I got you. head priest of Satan yes. or whatever. All right, that's fair. I, he's I missed the one on that one. who's kind of running the so, show. So what you're saying is he like works in the same practice as Hannibal Lecter. I mean, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he probably got his uh, degree from the same place. Um, I, think, I just think it's funny how they like delay the reveal of Udo Kier. Where she calls, like, oh, doctor. Because he's just prescribing her Xanax and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, just take, think, take another Xanax. But uh, I, I just like how he's coming down the stairs and they don't show his face. And yet he's the most German-sounding person. It's like, who could it be? This guy's just, <laughs> yeah, you take your Xanax, you know. He's just, come on. Like, why even bother hiding his identity? I agree. Anyway. <laughs> so from here, Jericho heads down to, uh, uh, played by Schwarzenegger, heads down to St. John's Church. And we get the introduction of Rod Steiger. Yes. I was I was planning to look up his filmography and I ran out of time. But oh, really? I, I I'm not that familiar with Rod Steiger's career. Uh, so I mostly know him from Mars Attacks, which is embarrassing. <laughs> he actually had a, a, a pretty distinguished career. I think he's also one of the the best parts of this movie. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. He was Brando's brother in On the Waterfront. Yes, I haven't seen that in forever. And uh, he actually won an Academy Award for um, In the Heat of the Night with Sidney Poitier. Okay, I've not seen that. Yeah, so I'm, I, I, well, I knew I knew he was a great actor from way back. Yeah, just, so, yeah, like the '60s and '70s were definitely kind of the the peak of his career. Yeah, I'm, I'll bet I've seen some. I'm not putting two and two together. I'm sure you have, but like immediately, what I thought of was on the waterfront. And uh, I, again, I, I think Rod, he's probably the, the best actor um, in this movie. Oh, I think that's probably true. You wouldn't put Kevin Pollock above Red Star? Whatever. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just because I like Todd Hockney, okay, from The Usual Suspects. I, you know, I should give him more credit because he, he is the one person who feels like a real person in this movie. Yeah. He's, he's, he's more natural than most of the actors in this movie. I, I, I think maybe I'm discounting him because he just seems like that guy in every movie, but it's was probably I, harder than I'm, I'm giving credit for. I, I think that that's fair. I don't know if he has a lot of range as an actor, but I think... No, no. no. But for what... I think what he does, I think he's good. And let me just say, though, that... The range that he does have, I do think in The Usual Suspects, it is different than most of what his other stuff is. Yeah, that's probably true. 
he can play the sardonic sidekick or the yeah. sardonic friend. But. And that's generally what he plays. But anyway, I don't want to make this about the usual suspects, but yeah. let, let me just say, that is a, f- a fantastic cast, and everybody that's in that oh, it is. does what they do, I think, really, really well. Well, how, how far are you willing to go, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire on the fantastic cast? Are you going to say Stephen Baldwin is fantastic? <laughs> in that movie, he is. I, well, that's what I was just going to say. In okay. that movie, he is. Okay, just wanted to I, clarify. McManus is, is absolutely fantastic. No, he's, he's good in that movie. Because the, the, lineup scene, the lineup scene in that movie is everybody is good in it. McManus by far and away steals the show in that scene. I just wanted to make sure clar- to clarify. You're not they're saying that Stephen Baldwin is no. a great actor. <laughs> no, I am not. Okay. He but he he picked a good time to have a, a great performance. It was the role he was born to play. Yes. Total asshole. Uh yes, McManus <laughs> is exactly that. Um anyway, but we, we shouldn't get off topic when we were talking about Red Stagger, because he, he comes in and they talk about the priest who cut out his tongue and all that. Yes. That is yeah, and we we skipped over that that yeah, uh, and down in the subway with Marge. That yeah, which again is never explained. The guy was talking. We heard him talk as an audience. We heard yeah. him. So, so how what happened? It, was it a hallucination? Or yeah. you have to jump to the conclusion that that was one of Jericho's visions, like Christine has, which seems strange. But that that's what I think you just have to take. Yeah, me. I think it's the only explanation. Um, I do like how uh, the scene, uh, the priest. Uh, he's just like. Did Thomas tell you about a girl? It's like way to give it away. Yeah. <laughs> this girl, cloak here. and dagger, is not your specialty. Yeah, I, I almost was expecting to be like, did he tell you about the million dollars in gold cougarans? <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Oh crap! <laughs> I certainly shouldn't have said that. Uh, so yeah, they yeah. have some back and forth, and you know, th- this is actually where you get revealed that his wife and daughter are are dead, and that he had a disagreement with with God, and that's the reason he doesn't. He's not buying the faith argument from yeah, the priest. I didn't like the way that was revealed at all. We had a difference of opinion in talking about how, why he lost his faith in God. Right. Uh, I thought my wife and child should live, and he thought otherwise. That's not a time to be glib, you know, Jericho. I, I guess there probably some actors could make that work, but Arnold doesn't make it work. No. I don't think he really knew how to play that line. Nope, I agree. I, I do like that. The um the Rod Steiger the the priest he just decides this conversation is over so <laughs> right. he goes into a basement and just assumes that I'm yeah. not going to lock the door no this guy's not going to follow me everything's just going to be fine I'm going to go away to my ultra secret room you show yourself out yes. <laughs> he just follows him yeah, of course he does <laughs> <laughs> that's true I mean how so stupid is it? I just laugh they've got a crazy like a woman speaking in tongues with stigmata down yes. there and. Eh. He won't come down here. He's not going to come down here. I don't need to lock the door or anything. Yeah. They have they have a crazy uh, stigmata woman and also like a dozen green accountant lamps. <laughs> I don't know what those priests are down there I doing. Don't know. I, They're doing their taxes <laughs> while while this is this what's hot? Is that what's hot, it's in, hot the in the street? Streets. You doing your taxes? <laughs> so what I had though, because you're right, that uh, Jerrica sees this woman uh, having a stigmata, and I just have not the 1990 movie starring Gabriel Byrne. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I totally forgot about that movie, but you're right. I mean, I, it's one thing, too. I mean, it, literally, it's just a few months before. Yeah. I mean, I, I forgot that movie even existed, so I'm glad you remember yeah. it, because I don't remember that movie at all, having never seen it. But I don't even remember that it existed. <laughs> so uh, you, you don't get much other than Rod Steiger's just trying to like, shoo him out of the basement. You so, don't understand what you're witnessing here. So Jericho is seeing all this. There's a woman speaking in tongues. She has stigmata, and and there's a, like a bunch of priests and nuns around this woman. She's on a bed. Yep. And he has an opportunity to ask one question, and his question is, is Thomas part of all this? <laughs> Not what's happening, what is this, who is she, what, what's, what is going on? 
He just asked, is Thomas part of all this? Like, what? That's your question? <laughs> you have a very brief opportunity to find out what's happening here. That's a good point. Um, the only thing I got from the commentary on this, too, is they, the uh, director did point out that, and I don't know how, how it was done, but wherever they were, they, they actually lowered the ceilings from wherever they were filming, because I think it actually was uh, filmed in, in a basement of a, of a church in New York. Okay. Or, or actually in Los Angeles. I take that back in Los Angeles. But he said that they worked to, to get the ceilings lower because they wanted it to be even more compact and kind of tight within there, that it felt extremely claustrophobic. And whatever they were working with wasn't nearly as, as short as what ultimately got filmed. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, that's relatively effective, I'd say. Yeah. Anyway, cut to 30 Rock, where the devil's very dismissive of ice skaters. Uh, it's a strange moment. I, I, it was kind of a strange moment. It's like, well, what's your beef? He doesn't like people having fun. He's the uh, devil. Apparently so. I mean, but it isn't, I mean, he, he's certainly about having fun. Yeah. He's going, he's groping women and that's he's true. about to make them merge into one another. I mean, why, why is he begrudging people that are having fun in ice skating? It is just a weird random moment where he just, he just watches people ice skating. And he's like, Pfft. okay, <laughs> why is this here? <laughs> Do you think they flew Gabriel Byrne out to New York just to shoot the shot of him being dismissive of sky skaters? That's a good question. I know that they didn't film very much in New York. Right. Um, for, um, very, very little. I, I, I can't imagine that they felt that was necessary. They probably cut them. They show yeah. the ice skaters and yeah. they show 30 Rock. Well, yeah, and they have him. And I have that uh, Byrne follows pixie dust through New York, which leaves symbols to the head priest's house. <laughs> yeah, what is the system they have to like lead people on a breadcrumb trail to, to Satan places? I don't know. <laughs> Is it only him? Does he just like give that look like he was looking through that guy that he was going to you know rip his soul out? Does he look up and say, God, you're going to give me the pixie dust because I need to know where to go? Wait, is there pixie dust? Did I miss something? I, I thought they, they were just uh, like graffiti in places. No. Well, there's the first shot. There's something coming down from above, and then on the, the sidewalk is the first symbol. Oh. I don't know. It I, wasn't just snow? I think maybe I thought it was snow. Maybe I didn't see the snow because it it didn't it looked very concentrated and then all of a sudden the well, symbol was there. That just proves my point that it's just Harry Potter nonsense. It's just magic, you know, it's, it's stupid stuff like that. Well, boy, I would have absolutely hooked onto that if I'd noticed there's pixie, pixie dust. I don't, it, I don't doubt it. I, I mean, it, I mean, it maybe, fits with this movie. Maybe you want to you know pull it up to see if I'm I'm wrong on it okay, because let's watch that, yeah. what I had in my notes is that if it, and if I'm right on this, I just my next note was. Why don't you just use this magic pixie dust to find Christine later? Why are you like having this entire scene of trying to convert Jericho? Just use your magic pixie dust and it'll help you find the way. Well, is it? Follow your nose. It always knows. Oh, boy. That's a reference. <laughs> like the, there it is. Yeah, he like scoffs. I did like that reference. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, shakes his head. Boy, where's, where's the pixie? Did I miss the oh, pixie? No, hold on. No, no, no. Keep, let it keep playing because he's walking. Oh, you get some of the, the score, which is almost always loud and obnoxious in this. I really didn't notice it that much. Yeah, look, it came down to this yeah, it, that bench. Looked, I don't know. I saw that. Oh, are you talking about because there's like lens reflections? Yeah, there, no, there it is. See? It's, yeah, but that's, that's reflections in the, in the lens. It's, it's, it's the headlights. It's 90s like camera no. technology. That's that's what it is. Are you sure? Let's watch it again. I'll show you. They match because th this see because you can see like in the reflection of the lights. See how, like as it pans down, it's it's the street lights. It's like I guess on that one reflected in the lens. I want to see the the next one. The one on the street is more of the one that I seriously thought it was magic pixie dust. Oh, you're right though. It does look like pixie dust right here. 
see how it's it's, it's I guess cars. all you're right is the cars. It's I all, totally it, missed it. It's all reversed. Yep, you're right. Okay, I mean, it may as well be pixie dust. Though. I like my explanation better. <laughs> no, Yours is the correct and accurate one, but I like mine better. But there's some of that more of that bad cinematography where he should have hired someone because you know to remove that, that. That's something that cinematographers try to get rid of because it's distracting and weird. It's like that's a, you, you know if you look for it, you'll sometimes see that in movies, but not to that. That's really bad. Okay, like, you should not be seeing that much reflection in the lens. To the point where you thought it was pixie dust. Like, that's a problem. <laughs> it's either that or I'm really a really bad observer. Because you're right. I probably should have known that. No, I can... I, you know what? Looking at that, it looks like pixie dust. But the second it's, one was, was much, much worse. Yeah, I mean, because there was more lights. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, Peter Hyams just needed to stop hiring himself. <laughs> you know? The director who hired himself as a cinematographer has a fool for a cinematographer. Yeah. So either way, he's got a breadcrumb trail, whether it's magic pixie dust. I think it's just graffiti. Or, yes, graffiti that gets him to the head priest's house. Okay. Um, and he rings the doorbell. And I, do, do you have the line that the daughter says about finals? No, it's something about her. She's, she's upset it happens after the holidays. Yes, but it's, it's like you don't even have a break. <laughs> okay, yeah, I do remember that. Well, I, I wanted the punch in the face that he gives the head priest later. Uh, that's what I wanted to give that, that, that girl. I, I have some sympathy. For, I can understand what she's, you know, she's now she's stressing about final or finals over Christmas break. It, it, it's a rough life that it. she leaves. No, because when we were in high school, we had our, our midterm fi- uh, tests in January and I always bothered me. And then when I went to college, I, we had our finals in December and it was way better. I get, I get where she's coming from. Fine. <laughs> I mean, certainly not. I mean, she's a brat. I mean, just yes. her tone is very. Oh, that, like, that's what. That's more of what it was. That maybe the. the I agree complaint. with her. Yeah, I agree with her in concept. But you're you're right. She's being very bratty about it. She's yes. like, I can't believe it. They did that. Yeah. Like, it, yes. I get. I get where you're coming. from. Are you implying that your father can get that change for you? Because I don't think that whatever <laughs> school you're going to, unless they're full of a bunch of the flashlight and the and the candle satanists, there's no way they're going to get that change yeah, for maybe you. Maybe you can like do an incantation or something and <laughs> move, get it changed. Move the uh, well. I, I didn't write down what she said, but I wrote down what Udo Kier said, because this is our first pun. I, I count it as a pun. You can overrule me if you want. All right. Where he goes, a bad grade isn't the end of the world. Oh, count it. Okay. I thought so. It's the end of days. <laughs> it's the only it's the end of days. This is the one time they, they uh, resisted having a character say end of days. <sighs> and so, yeah, so, Daddy, who is it? And Gabriel Byrne immediately, oh, all right time for me to go check this out all this is totally unnecessary and yeah. what's funny is the director specifically said it cost a fortune in terms of the the, the cgi oh the sex scene yeah yeah and it, I, he like tries to there's no re, you completely cut that out nothing changes no it's not even like it reminded me of the devil's advocate which has a similar scene right where they're yeah and so it, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because i kind of with the stigmata in this i wanted to ask you did you think that because the Devil's Advocate was relatively successful, and I, I'll admit I kind of like the Devil's Advocate. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's pretty schlocky too, but it it knows it, it's it's at least having some fun with the concept. Yeah, and Pacino's chewing it up in a way that it is uh, the peak. Gabriel is not no, and it is peak yelling Pacino too in that movie. That is like the loud, loud, loud Pacino in the Devil's Advocate. Yeah, but at least he's doing something. Yeah. Gabriel Byrne is just there. He just kind of doesn't. He has no, no charisma as as the devil. And and you're right. They have a similar scene, but I, I think it's more relevant to the story as I remember in the Devil's Advocate. This is totally bolted on. Right. Oh, it's it's completely gratuitous. I, I also just don't know again if it's supposed to be actually happening or not. Or I think so. Yeah, but then it morphs into Christine's face and she wakes up and she says, "Oh, I had a well, terrible dream." Yeah, but I I took that as that 
he, I don't know, mental like projecting yes. something. Yeah, that, that's what I took it as. All of this stuff is magic pixie dust. <laughs> it sort is. of like Ray Breslin. He's a genius. Everything it's just pixie dust. I mean, it is, it is a completely an unnecessary scene, but it's also super awkward in a way that maybe is intentional, but maybe not. Or he's just like, this is your wife, and yes. This is your daughter? Yes. Cut to... <laughs> also, like, they had, like, weird... Like, the music in that scene is real bad. It is weird. It's just, like, 90s. It sounds like a Madonna song, like a late 90s Madonna song playing. Yeah. It's, it's like... What, oh, what's that? Erotic? Erotic. Dun, 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 I think you're right. Yes. It sounds like that song. Yes. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's a terrible scene. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really amazing to just, like... It's the one scene full of nudity... And, you know, it says something that we're going to, like, take that out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, it's unnecessary. They're, yeah. And why, why are they, like, morphing into one? I mean, just everything about it is just terrible. Yeah. and Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so Christine wakes up. and Yes. And Nurse Ratchet, which is actually is, her name is Mabel, but I just couldn't get Nurse Ratchet out of my head and in my notes. Yeah. Uh, comes there to, to console her. And then 123099. <laughs> Yep, we're we're marching towards uh, yeah, the millennium. So, so again, the, the 29th, not really a lot happened. Well, most of this movie, not a lot happens. I think most of the, the only eventful day really is the 30th, right? This is the this, this is the 30th we're starting, or this is yeah, the, this is the start of the 30th. Yeah, so this is the eventful day because then doesn't Jericho Kane spend pretty much the entire 31st unconscious? Most of it, yes. So this is where the this whole movie a, happens, yeah. basically. The, the title should be not End of Days. It should be December 30th, 1999. <laughs> right. I'm going to potty like it's 1999. New Year's Eve, Eve. I kind of, by the way. New Year's Eve squared. I, I know that the song doesn't fit with the tone of the movie, but I, I got to admit that I wanted a little, somewhere in the background to have a little print somewhere. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it would have been too expensive. Probably. I'll bet Prince costs, I don't, I don't know, how much uh, Batman had to pay Prince. Like, that's the only, I, think, I think it was a lot. Yeah, I think that and Purple Rain are the only movies I can think of that have Prince songs in them. Yeah. And Purple Rain is obviously <laughs> a, a special case. And, I, 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 and I, as I remember, you know, kind of in the memorials with him passing away, I guess it, we're still in 16, so this year, Yeah. Um, that he was really protective of his material to, to the point where like Weird Al Yankovic never wanted to parody anybody without getting you know kind of their buy-in on it, and he refused to right. do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the one person that yeah. Weird Al could never get the permission. He to. couldn't get the. I mean, he could have done it without permission, but he did, that was just wasn't his way. And right. you know, in some, I, I'm sure now it's kind of a, a disappointment that he wasn't able you know to to do that. I, I know it's off topic, but to the well, point, do we do we know what the song would have been? Would it have been like. I've I've read it somewhere. I don't remember, but yes, uh, he he. I mean, he had it ready to go, and he could not get Prince to buy off. I'm trying to think of the, just the dumb like purple cane. I don't even. Who knows? <laughs> that's that's so bad. Don't bash on Weird Al Yankovic. No, I'm not. There's I'm just, a lot of Weird Al stuff that I like. I'm saying I was trying to think of my own bad version. I couldn't even get to bad. <laughs> <laughs> the best I could do is purple cane. <laughs> I am no Weird Al, that's for sure. That is absolutely for sure. That's funny, right? Purple cane? Yes. He's got a cane. It's purple. It just writes itself. <laughs> so Anyways, on the, the start of 123099, uh, the devil pays a visit to the hospital. Uh, and he apparently, I couldn't tell, is this policeman a Satanist or he just has done some nasty things? And so he just goes along for what Satan wants him to do. Uh, I mean, I think both. It's implied. Because he says, he says both, like, I know what you do, whatever yeah. he says. He shames him into letting him through, and then he goes, remember who you work for. So, I mean, you'll, I feel like you could have only done one or the other. You didn't really need both. It just muddies the waters. Like, why? Yeah. But 
Yeah, I think it, I think it's both. Well, later he's the guy who shoots the yes. priest later, right? Because right. the guy's clearly dead, and then he comes back. Like, yeah. <laughs> Hang him by his neck, and then he comes back. <laughs> it's making your day, as you said, your count very difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, luckily this was pretty quick, but uh, they find uh, Jericho and them find him pinned to the ceiling. Yeah. So uh, just quickly though, oh, they do have a discussion. You're yeah, right. they, he has a discussion with Thomas. I forgot about that. Uh, you don't get really, really much of it. He's just he's basically just torturing him. I'm, well, he says, "Look upon the face that has haunted you for a thousand years." It's like, how old is this guy? <laughs> How old is Thomas? Thank you. I had a <laughs> face that has haunted his dreams for a thousand years. Question mark. I Thomas guess, looks old, but he's not that old. Maybe it's just he's talking to the global you, like you. He represents the church or whatever. Yes, all of what the Catholic Church has been trying to find. But for. yes, you're right. They have that conversation. Then Jericho finds him pinned to the ceiling. Which, yeah, because they show up. It's Jericho, Bobby Chicago, which I just like saying, and Marge, not Gunderson. Walking in. Yeah. I counted this body here at 38, even though that was incorrect, but whatever. I'm going to count it now because he dies soon anyway. <laughs> Can I just ask, why is Marge bringing them along? Does he? Does she bring them along, or is it the same thing where they're just showing up first and then the cops show up? I, they, got, they had to have gotten there at the same time then. I think it just cuts to them in the hospital room, right? No, them walking, walking like, through a to hall the, to get into the hospital room. And they're yes. all there together at the same time? Yes. Huh, that's a good question then. I don't know. I'd say, get out of here. This is police business. You're not going to see a suspect in a shooting. Well, I mean, they've posted guards, so obviously, like, civilians are not allowed yes. into this place. You're right. We think that the guard at the front was a Satanist, and Marge is. Do you think she had, like, a password that she then couldn't use because she couldn't let in? And if so, would it be? I just remember this Shaquille O'Neal commercial. Don't fake the funk on the nasty dunk. Do you think that might have been her password to try and get past the guard? I mean, 99, that probably would have been topical. And uh, I, I think so. Well, uh, later at the, uh, the Satan, like, at the actual, like, satanic church, there's that blind guy who... Oh, yeah, it's just the, the worst security There is no ever. password. No, there's nothing. You just need to smell like you have rage. Right, you just have to be, like, evil enough. It's, yes. like, it's like a roller coaster park. You must be this evil to get in. <laughs> like, like, Jericho meets the criteria. It's like, you, are, you have rage. You can come in. Um, so, yeah, that, obviously Satanists don't have, like, any kind of password system. No. They just smell your rage. Like, if they can smell their own. And so if you don't have that scent, you don't get past. <laughs> but they can't because Jericho's not one of their own. Anyway, that's later. <laughs> uh, so this body count 38 is... Uh, He's on the ceiling. Yeah, the ceiling man. And then this is where we get uh, the kid with the Satan shirt. Oh, this is such a stupid joke. <laughs> it is. I don't know. It, it, I, it's like this was inserted for levity, and it's just, I don't know, it's dumb. It's so stupid, though, that I was grateful. F- at least it's something. <laughs> at least something's happening that is an attempt at a joke. This movie's so dry and drab and boring. <laughs> it's true. Thank, a, a kid got hit with a bus. Thank God. I, something is happening. Uh, I, you, I, I, I'll take that a million times over a guy getting pinned to the ceiling off screen. That, that kid was pretty far from that bus, too. I do not think <laughs> that was very good. They're being very safe with the uh, Oh, extremely. And the, and, the, and the director, he thinks, oh, he, he thought it was fantastic and it looked so believable. He's like, you can do so much with sound because he was nowhere near that bus. I'm like, yeah, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. He looks tell. terrible. Yeah, I think Peter Hyams really lost his touch late in his career. So after the, <laughs> excuse me, the kid gets hit, um, Gabriel Byrne heads to a closed theater, which I just had. Man, Nick's place from Last Action Hero has really fallen on hard times. <laughs> I've got my notes up there and you can see. <laughs> Let me see where it's hit. Yeah, it kind of looks like Nick's theater. You're right. It, I just yeah. said it looks like it's falling on hard times. I know, it's the Lowe's 10 pulled out, <laughs> and the Satanists took advantage. Oh, 
it's fantastic. Yeah, it really does look like the same theater. It I wouldn't does. be surprised if it's the same the same location. I'm disappointed that I missed at the Lowe's 10. <laughs> <laughs> they lost their funding or they found a better location, so the Satanists moved in. Yeah, the Satanists are squatting in Nick's uh, theater. It would have been good if Nick was still there. Like, <laughs> If like Nick you- was one of the Satanists <laughs> or just like... He just he lives there now, so they, you know he's just like, well, the customer's a customer. I know you guys are Satanists, but here I'll show you Stigmata. You'll, uh, you'll enjoy this Stigmata. I've got uh, the Exorcist. We got all kinds of movies you'll be interested in. I was just thinking of movies from '99. Oh, got the Matrix and Star Wars: Phantom Menace. I can, I can go through. I've got it for the end. Notting okay. Hill. Right. That seems like one that they'd be interested in. We'll save it. We can, we'll try and get through this fast enough so you can get to that. So after Nick's place from Last Action Hero, you go. This is where you go back to the hospital, and then he comes back to life, and the yeah. guard shoots him. Because yeah, this guard, who, this guard who says maybe he did it to himself. <laughs> <laughs> really? How are you not suspicious? How are you, this guy is so obviously a Satanist? <laughs> he killed himself. <laughs> he wah, pinned himself wah, wah. to the ceiling. God, that's the dumbest line in a movie I've seen in a while. You're probably you're you're right about that. And then you've got this doctor trying to lead Latin, and this is where you get the Christ in, right? Oh, you think it should be in a like an eyeball that he's turning? Is that <laughs> yes, Christ in? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is! I I did not think of that, but that would be great. There's enough. I mean, any opportunity for this movie to get another explosion in? I'm, yes. su- I'm surprised they didn't do that. Um, oh. <laughs> but yeah, I have a note here saying that this is where we learn that Satan is really lousy at killing people because this guy survives. And then later, when he tries to kill Jericho, and yeah, he's real bad at it. Well, <laughs> he's, the, he's the devil, and he still can't kill. He's him. bad, but he's effective when he wants to be. When he's really, really annoyed, the pun- the the punching move is a very, very <laughs> effective true. move. He has a very good punch. Yes, that's true. Um, and so we yeah. we had kind of already covered this. The Jericho figures out Christine in New York faster yeah. than Breslin can f- solve a puzzle <laughs> and right. escape plan. Um, yeah, it's the easy button again. So then they they head back to Striker Security, and apparently this private security company can search DMV files. No problem. We can go. We can go find Christine. Is that how they find her? Because he 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 logics it out. Oh, maybe it's Christine in New York. Maybe it's Christine York. Let's go search the files. Oh, right. They get, it flashes through. Yeah, yeah. And they have now. already seen the picture in Thomas's apartment, whatever you want to call that. Right. And they match and then, them up. Yeah, they match them up. I they, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Striker security, private security. They they can search through DMV files. No <laughs> but, problem. I mean, it's, they're basically like the CIA. Yes. Well, in terms of their weaponry, is really impressive right. when you get at the end. Half hour later, this thing is finally. Look at this. Finally. <laughs> Um, it's fine. We are never going to have Microsoft as a sponsor of this no. show. <clears throat> Nor would we accept them as a sponsor. I would veto that. <laughs> I don't care how much they pay. Uh, anyway, but yeah, we cut to Christine. And she's working out. Working out and learning Italian. And she's got like a butler or something comes in. Yes. I don't know who this guy is. His name's Carson. Thank you, Carson. Who's Carson? Uh, Who's well, this guy? Carson was the name of, Mr. Carson was the name of the head butler in Downton Abbey. Now, this is well before Downton Abbey, but okay. I, I would take the Carson as a butler just from that. Well, Carson does not last long because he immediately is dead in the tub. And my note is, oh, no, not Carson. <laughs> Who the hell so- is this? <laughs> but anyway, he's number 40. He, he did not make it. No. And bad guys, well, bad depending on your definition we learn later, but some, some home invaders show up and attack her. Yeah, and this was another one, too, that the, the director was trying to uh, justify. And I don't know, maybe there's justification. He's trying to justify Robin Tunney taking off her shirt by saying that they, he wanted to establish she had no clothes on underneath her robe. 
I have a problem with why she needs to take off her shirt to establish that. She was about to get in a shower. I don't know anybody who's wearing a robe that's about to get into the shower right. that is going to have anything on. Sorry. But why does it even matter what she's got on? I mean, it's, it is I th- pretty I think, gratuitous. Yeah, but I think the, the reason why is because he's trying for the thriller aspect. Because you don't she's know. vulnerable. Yeah, who's breaking in, what they're there for. Right. And so I, I kind of understand that since it is more of a thriller. But it easily can be established she's getting in the shower. Nobody is planning on wearing anything in the shower except for maybe a never nude. It's the least necessary. It's, it's just there because it's like, oh, it's an R-rated movie. You know, let's let's throw some some nudity in there. Yeah. I, well, you here know. here's the other thing too is that did, did you notice that from the time at least to me it seemed like the time it took her to walk from there, take off her clothes, put on the robe, they killed Carson really fast. Oh, I know. And filled up that tub really fast. That's the thing. I, I assume he was drawing the tub for her, but it's like, yeah, he was just in that room like right. twenty seconds ago. I don't even know what they did. They cut his cut his throat or something. Yeah, they cut his throat. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's number forty, and then they. They're going to kill her, but they have to perform their last rites first. Yes, so they, they chase her around a little bit. Did you happen to notice? Oh, that's right. She hides in the closet. She hides in the closet, and then she gets one of them with the shoe, which I did really like. And, and it, did you notice it holds the shot holds on the shoe for a minute? It's almost like the designer was paying for I couldn't tell who it was. Now that you mention it, yeah. It I just, do remember It that. just seemed weird. It's like, why are you doing Why are we focused on the shoe? Well, because it becomes... Is it before or after it becomes a weapon? It's right? after. After. It's after when it's laying on the ground, after they like are pulling her down from the top of Does the she closet. she just hit him with it, or did she throw it? Hits the first guy with it, and then they grab hold of her, and she drops it, and then it... it and then cut to the shoe falling. Yes. I, it's probably supposed to be like an artsy thing, just like, ah, the shoe fell. It just says she, the, she the is... The last shoe dropped. Well, before she hides in the closet, I uh, now that I'm remembering, she throws like a credenza out the window yes. or something. And I thought it was funny how the thing smashes on the on the sidewalk and the only thing that was in there was a phone book oh i did not see <laughs> that fancy credenza or whatever it is like a desk of dr- yes. like a drawer or whatever and there's nothing in it that's fantastic it's so like a family of satanists or they got this family it's like fancy uh you know <laughs> furniture and nothing to put in it just a phone book right uh anyway but yeah uh jericho and bobby chicago that's his name uh yeah they show up, they can, show up. can i ask you this about the about the knights Sure. So they know who she is somehow. Right. Know where she lives. Why are they waiting until December 30th, 1999? Uh, I don't know. Is it possible that they're following the same leads that Jericho are? And that's how they're, they're like, well, that's sprinkling some pixie dust, my friend. Uh, I mean, is it possible that uh, Detective Marge gave them the tip? Or no, because she would be the opposite. No. She would be the wrong person to give yeah, them the tip. Yeah, nobody's going to try. She's not going to try and help them. Yeah, that's a good question. How, how are they now finding out? If if they've known this all along, why didn't they do this a long time ago? Why are they waiting the day before it matters? Yeah, and... Uh, it seems like everybody knows who she is and where she is. Why hasn't somebody done something? And the dude carved her name into his chest, so he yes. knew who she was. Right, and he had a picture of her. Yeah, boy. That's the thing is... This movie is so drowning in problems that you miss a lot of them. Like, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. How do they know? Everybody knows who she is. It's crazy, you're right. There's no reason. It's just because, uh, you know... They wanted somebody else chasing after They them. had to do it at the exact moment that Jericho came Yeah, because they wanted an action sequence. Right. Which well, isn't even... A, this isn't a good It's not sequence. good at all. There's, the, there's the kind I, of a gunfight, but not really. And there's kind of a fist fight, but not really. And just none of it is really... You know, Kevin Pollock is shoot, shooting with a guy. And by the way... No one's hitting anything. Oh, yeah. They are, they are about... 
10 feet from one another, if that, and neither one hits anything. And meanwhile, Arnold's upstairs wrestling with a guy and not really punching or no damage is getting done. Then, yeah, he eventually throws him down the stairs. Did you? Yeah, the guy who falls down the stairs, it makes it look like he's dead, but then he disappears. Did you notice on his way down, it takes down every painting on the wall on the way down? <laughs> no, I didn't notice. It's like a domino effect. Every painting goes tumbling down. That's pretty great. It I is missed, outstanding. I, I counted him as dead. He's number 41. I think that's there's fair. A, there's a cut to a close-up of him, like, with a bloody face. Yeah. It's like, okay, in cinematic, like, language, that means he's dead. So, But but then, but for that to work, how did, no, because how does the body disappear? Because... I mean, do you think his buddies drag him away because they didn't no. want to identify... Because one guy goes out the window. He ties out the window like uh, Michael Ironside and <laughs> Total Recall. Ironside and Total Recall, or, or what, what was it that we just watched? Uh, oh, Red Heat. When uh, oh yeah, yeah that he, too. into the Chicago River, just yeah, Victor. hurls Victor hurls himself into the Chicago River. But that guy goes out through the window, and then the 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 lead knight he goes out a window too. They both do. So that body disappearing makes no sense. Does he go out a window? No, he. Just, I thought he just ran out. So okay, three well, of them. There's three. He he. Uh, yeah, one guy gets one guy gets run on the stairs. One guy dies out the window, and then the third guy's up there performing the last rides. Yep. He rears back like an idiot, <laughs> yes. and she manages to get away. But, and then Arnold runs up and like beats him with a poker, like a, a yeah. fireplace poker or something. Well, she was swinging the poker at him first. Yeah, yeah. And then he just runs away, right? He just runs down the stairs and gets out of there. Yeah, so my question, how could they drag a body away? There were only three of them. One guy goes out the window. The other guy runs away. He couldn't drag a body. And while he ran away, maybe he dragged the body away. Is, is it not? I don't remember the logistics enough to know whether it was possible or not. I don't think it, I don't think it was possible. In particular, that guy definitely, Arnold thought he was dead. Because he says, go you know, right. clear out the body. And he says, what body? So did Kevin, did Bobby Chicago make it disappear? Were there other, were there Satanists make it disappear? Yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe it is like uh, Weekend of Bernie's too, or he just, he danced away. I, I, anything's possible in this movie. I just, this, this really, I liked that the paintings took a tumble with this guy. But other than that, it made no sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm counting him as dead. That's The fine. movie makes it seem like, I mean, the movie makes it, treats it like it's a strange thing. Like, that dead body disappeared. Like, if, if he wasn't dead, then it wouldn't be a plot point, right? So he must be dead. I, Does that logic I, make sense? I, I think he's supposed to be dead, but it just doesn't explain. Yeah. Maybe it's the body that uh, Arnold forgot about and erased her at the beginning. It's like, it's like <laughs> offsetting. You know? It's that like, is fa- a couple years later, he decides to... It's like a body count correction. Or, that is you know, awesome. Like, um, but I, I don't know. I'm counting him as dead. Well, if you think we should do otherwise. Can, can I ask you this, too? When the last rites are being read that he rears back, up until then, he was holding the knife to her throat. Why wouldn't you just slit her throat? I know. That's why it's so stupid. You, and you slit Carson's throat. Is there something in the rule book that you can't slit their throats twice? You can, you can only do it once? No, absolutely no reason. I mean, Arnold should have ran up and saved her, but no. He, he rears back. I mean, literally, like, touches the knife to his back. Like, <laughs> he rears back so far. She could squirm away. Yeah, it's terrible. So many things in this movie are terrible. <laughs> I don't understand why I thought it was okay. Like, I never thought it was good, but I, thought, I remember thinking, like, yeah, it was an okay movie yeah. when I was like, younger. <laughs> it is terrible. What did I see in it? So Officer Marge shows up again. Once again. And she's giving a lot of information. Or we're getting a lot of information. Yeah. Because Bobby she... Chicago has a lot of information about Christine. Right, because she says something about, like, oh, it's cute how you talk like a cop or yeah. try to talk like a cop. Bobby Chicago says, oh, yeah, she's, she's an orphan. She was raised by the, the nurse who married the father. That's right, yeah. Well, he's giving the information to them. Yeah. So at least that makes sense. So I guess I sh- I, I, my note really should have been the audience gets a lot more information Right, we Christine. get kind of – but we already knew most of this, right? Yeah. We I saw her parents' graves. Like, we yeah. knew all of this. Um, 
Yeah, and this this crime scene in particular is the one where I thought was shocking that the police they're not just interlopers, they were involved in the crime. Yes. How are they allowed to just be part of this investigation? It's crazy. Well, I don't know. I'm saying they were involved in part of the crime. I mean, well, they, but they were involved in. The, yes, they were witnesses, and yes, it, to the point where they, they prevented were, the crime. Yes, prevented the crime. So that's what I mean by involved. Part- yeah, obviously, they weren't partic- <laughs> they weren't committing a crime. They were, but still, they're you know they can't be part of the no contaminating this crime scene. And then there's, there's a line here that Jericho he says, "I've seen a lot of attempted murders, but I've never seen anyone perform the last rites before." You didn't see it this time either. You got in there too late. Yeah. Because she squirmed away before he got there. So I missed that. I assume she just told him that they were doing the last rites. That's how he knows. But you didn't see it. You're nope. lying. You're, you're right on that. You're entirely wrong. I, I, you do get something here as Arnold is snooping around. I do. It's one of the few things I liked about this movie when she tries. She says, the Xanax calms her. Do you want one? No, thanks. I drink. I yeah. actually did. I, like, I thought his delivery was good, and I liked that line. There, and there isn't many positives in this movie. I agree. That was a good moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he steals a book. Yeah, I just had, <laughs> Arnold asks some questions and steals a book. <laughs> that's my whole note, and that's basically the scene too. I mean, basically, he just has to get this book. What's this book now? I don't even remember what. It, it was. It had. It, it was a religious book about different religious orders. This is where he learns about the pendant that he he grabs yeah. a pendant off the guy that runs away. Yes, and and it's the order of the knights of something, and yeah, it's they're the ones who want to kill her to save the world. Yes, because they're trying to prevent basically. Satan's rebirth and devil worshippers. Right. Um, so I've got that he, he he's hanging out in a truck with uh, Bobby looking through the book, and then uh, you get that nurse uh, nurse Ratchet is not willing to bring Christine to the temple because you got both the police sitting out there. That's the other great thing: the police are monitoring the place, and they have no problem with Bobby Chicago and Arnold sitting out there at the same time. Do you see them? The police in the car? That's now, boy. I I missed that detail. I remember the police car because in a minute it's going to explode. And yet another explosion. But do we know that the police are staking them out? Or is it just a parked police? I noticed the police car, but I didn't think... Th- the police car is there. I just... Maybe it's that I assumed that the police were providing protection. Because why make that car blow up otherwise? Yeah, that's true. It must be. You're right. I mean, I, So are there cops in that car? I didn't count you, any bodies. The, the thing is, you don't see any, and that's yeah. my problem with it. But logically, it makes sense that there should have been cops in there. Because otherwise, why would, he, why would the devil blow that car up? Well, yeah, well... But did he blow it up, or did his urine just stray across the street? Because <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> Let's talk about that, because yeah, right, the devil pisses gasoline or something. <laughs> Whatever. It's, at least it's something. It's kind of fun. So, so this is another Usual Suspects reference, too, which it, it just, whether it's intentional or not, it is. Does the he get same, exploded in a truck? No. In a van? The, the same opening sequence has Kaiser Soze taking a piss. Right, Be- because um, boy, I, I I noticed a lot of usual suspects connections, and I didn't even realize the extent of it. So I had at least three or four, yeah, and no, you're, you're picking up stuff, uh, stuff that I missed. Yeah, it which has, makes sense. You're it, a much bigger fan, than huge I. fan. It has him t- it, that same opening explosion on the you know before on the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, starts no, that story. He's taking a piss. Now I'm remembering. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, doesn't I, piss gasoline though. He just so I had Bobby smells, and I said piss or gasoline. <laughs> Yeah, and he lights a cigarette, and this is the end of Kevin Pollock. Yeah, and, and what's so long the, Bobby Chicago. Yeah, and the same thing with the cigarette. I mean, the cigarette is what starts the usual suspects explosion. Right. I mean, yeah, this th- whole movie. You're right. It is Ghostbusters two, a little stigmata, a little usual suspects. Wow. Which it's by the way, it's not doing the usual suspects justice because that is a great script and a great movie. No, it's kind of just like taking moments, and yeah. obviously a couple of actors are in it, and. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, I'll just say now because the, the the moment where I made the connection with Usual Suspects is later when uh, the priest says the, the, the greatest trick oh, yeah. devil ever pulled. Yes, it's like that's I, just right out of Usual. You just, I mean, I'm it, sure that was an expression, but come on, that that was to me the most over the top. That even you know, like a casual fan, and I'm not saying you are, but a casual fan of Usual Suspects no, probably I, would remember. I think Kevin I, that's Spacey. Fair. I mean, literally, Kevin Spacey. That is. It's not the last line of the movie, but the last line they just give is, and poof, yeah. he's gone. Right. I mean, that's the thing is, uh, first of all, I think it is fair to say I'm a casual fan. I haven't seen The Usual Suspect in a long time. Um, but, yeah, even if that was an expression that existed before Usual Suspects, Usual Suspects it has claim to it yeah. forever. You can't use that in a movie anymore. In, in a movie, yeah. I mean, in other, in other texts or contexts, you're right, it sure. may exist. But in terms of the film world, and this isn't that far removed, right? This is... 1999? That's right. a 1995 movie. It's not that far removed. And no, that movie would have been... Because The Usual Suspects wasn't popular in theaters when it came out, so it was probably like 96 when it started on home videos to start to build and really start to get a following. Yeah. So that would have been its peak. I mean, right towards its peak, and you're literally lifting the, the most iconic, probably, line from that movie. No, it's, it's borderline theft. Yeah. In a way that is not... You know, I mean... Homage is one thing, but this, no. you can't just take the line. No, so uh, and anyway. and and so from this you get the explosion of the two, and then this is it: the Wolverine. Yes. Nurse Mabel is an <laughs> unstoppable force. Yeah, what what's going on here? Is she like a supernatural creature or what? I don't know. Is she supposed to be? That's what I, are all Satanists? I mean, do they do they have? <laughs> but she's the only one that shows superhuman strength and had like. She she claws at him and misses and like tears chunks tears. out of the wall. I kind of if this was a different kind of movie, I would have enjoyed her just to say when she did that, "Happy birthday, Christine." Just have a callback to that would have been fantastic. Oh man, um, you're right. I'm surprised they don't call back to that line because I don't. I mean, it, w- it wouldn't have fit. Just but the, the, you're right. I miss that she's like the Wolverine, but she's pushing pianos. She's picking she's, up. She has superhuman strength. She's. I mean, Arnold she's throwing Arnold around. Yes, she's destroying Arnold Schwarzenegger. And again, he's. He's, what, what is he, six three, six foot four? He has to be a foot taller than her. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it's preposterous. <laughs> She's just destroying him. It's the only explanation, similar to what we were saying earlier about the guy, you know, uh, the, the thing being a hallucination. The only explanation here is that she has, like, devil powers. Yes. Right? How could she pick up Arnold? She picks him up and throws him. She's, She's like an old him. woman. She picks up a statue and yes. chucks it at him, and it breaks. She pushes him with a piano. Yes. Arnold himself has to be what, like two hundred and sixty pounds? Well, that piano may be on wheels. I'm not sure. But Maybe whatever. That's, but He's two hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah. That piano weighs a lot. She, she pins him to a wall. She pins him to a wall. Yeah, it's a crazy fight. What a crazy fight! Arnold Schwarzenegger is fighting Miriam Margolis, yes. <laughs> and then she he ends the fight by smashing her head into a table. I think it's maybe just to make it okay that he smashes her head into a table. Like, well, she beat him up pretty good, so <laughs> it's, it, we can justify him smashing her face into a table. You know what, though? We're, we're doing an injustice because we talked about it a bunch, but we forgot on the body count that the head priest got the punch in the face before this. Is that before this? Yeah, because when oh, Nurse Mabel right. calls him, I forgot to call it out because I got too excited about something. We can't miss the, the punch in the face. He is definitely dead. There is no doubt. You do not survive the devil punch to the face. Uh, boy, I may have missed him. I, I remember the scene. I thought I <laughs> notated it. How could I forget Udo Kier's death? It, it was a pretty graphic one, to say the least. Um, 
So Kevin Pollock. Wait. No, I think I missed it. Well, make sure to add one because that's a key one to to not miss. It must have been before Kevin Pollock then. It is, yeah. Because Nurse Mabel is talking on the phone while they're sitting outside. And she's saying no, Sorry, no. I'm I'm just I'll I'll <laughs> add one at the end. I think I, I must have lost I must have not counted it. That's fine. So this is where you then get Gabriel Byrne showing up as as finally Arnold is able to overpower her. Her yeah. devil powers must have been drained or something. Something, yeah. She used up her mana bars on <laughs> her Harry Potter mana bar. So, <laughs> so okay. So the devil comes in and yes. finishes her off, right? He comes with the flames and everything. He and walks through the fire and he's saying Christine as he's walking through and they they run up upstairs. Right, and he finds uh, Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, and he finishes her off with some glass that's like stuck in her throat. Okay, that's what it is. I yeah. couldn't again, couldn't see what was going on. It looked like a business card. I was like, "What is? <laughs> what is this? Like, or like a playing card or something?" He's, I like, I was like, "He's shoving a playing card into her throat." I'm like, sorry. I love that idea of a playing well, card. Now he's Gambit. If she's I was Wolverine, just say that you beat me to it. The Gambit is finishing off the Wolverine. I mean, I literally, I just could not tell what was happening. I knew he was killing her, but that's all I could see. Yeah. So that's another one. What's uh, what's that bring the total body count to? Uh, I've lost my place because I was scrolling around, but I think that's 44. Yes. No. Wait. 44. So 40. 44. And is that including the head? I priest jumped from forty two to forty four, so I must have counted Udo Kier and just, and you just didn't yet yeah, put a specific note for him. Um but then uh or wait, no. Did I not count her too? <laughs> Boy, I was really checked out of this movie, so <laughs> remind me to add two to the end of this movie now. Wow, okay. So that's that's forty four, yes. So um Jericho and Christine have made their way out and the greatest timing in the world because the two Satanist police officers, Officer Marge and the guy from the hospital, are in the back alley as Jericho is trying to make his his escape with Christine. Right. And we we forgot to mention earlier that he hides guns up his sleeves. Yes. This is where he uses them. Yes. And they so I don't know, is this is this one that bothered you the way they lit he decided to light this, which it's basically only lit with the red flashing lights from the police car. Oh, you mean there was red light in this movie? I hadn't noticed the red light. <laughs> Every scene is red light. Can't see anything. No, I, I didn't like the way this whole movie was lit. So they she, they try and lure Jericho out, you know, saying, "Oh yeah, we we ju- we just want Christine," and they get him to come out. And yeah, you're right. This is where they're gonna they're gonna kill him. But he's got literally he literally has guns. He's got up a, his sleeve. Yes, he, yeah. he has a, a trick up his sleeve. Yeah, I, the second time watching, I read the scene where he's putting the sleeves up his guns, and I couldn't remember him ever using it. So it, it, that's how memorable this scene was. Where my second viewing, which was like a week after my first viewing, I was going like, "What does he have guns up his sleeves? <laughs> when did he use those?" So I guess it's here. So yeah, this is forty six, and then but then this movie is stymieing me because then immediately it's forty five because Satan comes by and brings uh, Marge back to life. Yes. Which I assume is what's happening there, right? I assume it's what's happening too, but it's like, how does he have that power? I don't know. He's got every power and also no power. <laughs> He's got the only way he can conquer the world is to to you know yes. impregnate this woman in this particular time. But yet he can turn into a giant demon monster he can who turn can ru- ruin the world. <laughs> he can None punch through sense. people's faces. Yeah. He's got a million followers. He could he could rule the world right now. He doesn't need to why follow do, any. Inc- why does he need Oscar the baby? Yeah, he doesn't need to follow these insane rules. Like he's the devil. Why is he following the rules? <laughs> Just conquer the world. You've got so many Satanists on your side. They've got all these flashlights. <laughs> and 
candle. <laughs> right. It's the, the flashlight and candle revolution. It just take over the world. It's crazy. I'm having more fun with this than I thought I was going to. I mean, this movie is so insane. And not in a good way. Like, we're having fun talking about it, but this is not a fun movie to watch. It's awful. No. Um, anyway. Yeah, so they, they, they quickly escape. I'm, I'm not sure if it's just a... I don't think it's a graveyard. It's like a forest, and you have a little bit of exposition of Christine blaming that she's assuming, oh, I know this is all my fault. And, well, well she, she dreams about the, the devil... She says he makes love to me every night. It's like, yeah. is that what you'd call it? You're right. That is not the... That's a strange way to describe that it. That is a very he strange way. He makes love to me. Screwing's for carpenters and making love, <laughs> making love is for Satan. <laughs> Apparently so. And so they, Jericho decides to uh, head back to St. John's Church, and we're going to get a little more Rod Steiger. Yep. And this is where we get the info dump about all the arcane BS. 666 is 999 upside down, and yeah. the Gregorian calendar was created... To reverse engineer so that this moment would be at the, the last hour of the millennium? Yes. That's preposterous. The <laughs> idea that the Gregorian calendar was, I mean, you know, Christians, they wouldn't set the calendar based on Jesus' birth. No, 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 no. This is all, that's a coincidence. This is based on, this, the Gregorian calendar was entirely set up so that the end of the world would occur in 1999. <laughs> really? That's what we're supposed to believe. Uh, that's what he says. Yes. And, and you're right. And in the commentary, uh, the director did point out that, uh, this is the type of scene that every director dreads, which is getting all the exposition out and basically the, the plot line. And unfortunately it's not good plot. Oh, this exposition just makes it more confusing. I agree. All we need to know is the devil needs to impregnate Christine in the last hour of the new year, Eastern standard time. (laughs) And this yes. is where you get it from Arnold too. The Eastern Standard is that Eastern Standard time, right? Exactly. This is this is the scene, but <clears throat> this is the scene that tries to justify it. It's like it's unjustifiable. You know, they should just said, "Why is it this hour in particular? Don't worry about it." You know, or just you know, we don't have time to tell you right now. This movie trying to explain the preposterous with logic, it's a waste of time, and it just <laughs> makes things worse. I agree. The, the, it's like these rules are like moral combat. You know what I mean? Where it's like you win the 10th tournament and we've lost nine tournaments in a row. And if we lose the 10th, then Shao Kahn can invade the earth. <laughs> this is basically the same thing. Oh, that's a great analogy. Just, all these arcane rules. It's so stupid. Anyway. Well, between your faith and my Glock, I choose my nine millimeter <laughs> Glock. I kind of like that line. I kind of like it. It's that one time. of the better lines in this movie. There aren't a lot of great, good ones. And the few that there are, Arnold really does have. Other than I did... I said the 20 I, ends in a football score. I did appreciate that <laughs> yeah. one. Oh, and this is also where we get uh, uh, Rod Steiger says that the man's body was chosen also, meaning that it had to be Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. But why? Why wasn't anyone going after him? Why wasn't anyone trying to assassinate him? Or, you know, the Pope wasn't looking for him. No one poured snake's blood on his head. <laughs> He's just a guy. He was just an investment banker. Yes. But no one seemed to care about him. Oh. They had a lot more time. He was like, I don't know how old Gabriel Byrne would be, but they had an extra at least 15 years or so, maybe 20 years to, <laughs> to try to kill him. And why isn't it, why wasn't he chosen at birth? What? Right. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Oh, we have no information know. about right. it. We have no idea. <sighs> this, uh, it's, this, it's fortunate that he happened to be in the same city as Christine when all this happened. Yeah. He had three days. What if he had, you know, had to travel across the world? <laughs> what if he was in your right in a really remote area? This movie is so stupid. So this this is where you get a person of pure heart to defeat pure evil, and that you know Jericho's too broken of a man. And this is also where you get this is the scene, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. 
Right, yeah, this is where we get that dialogue. This is where you get it. That is, you're right. It yeah, I hated t- this scene. Totally stolen from the usual suspects. Aside from the Glock line, the scene is, every line of this dialogue scene is yep. awful. But yeah, he, he kind of gives up. He lets his, uh, Christine, leave Christine with the, with the priests and he's going to go home. Well, he tries to convince her that he, she should come with him, but she's, she's staying. She's right. made her decision to stay there. I mean, and he doesn't push hard on it. He just kind of goes, okay. And then we, uh, we cut back to Zeus. <laughs> yes. Pope Zeus. <laughs> Pope Zeus. I mean, literally, it's just a guy saying, we found the girl. And then yes. the, the Pope says, we must protect her. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for the Pope update. <laughs> I really do like this new concept of the Zeus of this movie. I think we're going to try to identify who the <laughs> Zeus is in every yes. movie from now on. Because I mean, not everyone will necessarily have one, but that is sort of like something else that's going to be coming up a little bit later. Cutting away to a relatively unrelated thing for no reason. The Zeus of this yeah. Movie. I mean, this is this is almost literally Zeus. It he's is. as close to being, he's yes. the Pope. He's, as, he's almost godlike. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, but anyway, so back to, our, to Jericho's apartment. Yeah, so what I have is the devil plays Jericho a visit and plays the Scrooge game is basically yeah, what I played. That's true. He does play the Scrooge game. There's a Christmas tree and everything. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the Satan of Christmas past. <laughs> uh, that's what we should call him the rest of the, the, rest of the podcast. <laughs> Gabriel Byrne is the Satan of Christmas past. He very much is. I didn't think about that. That's really, that's really funny. It is, it is a very Scrooge moment. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of, this scene goes on too long. It's Way actually a long. pretty good scene. And then it keeps going like for another four, four minutes or something. It's ridiculous. I, mean, I, I do think that you need a, a scene for the two of them to actually act together. It's not action. So I like that it's yeah. in there, but you're right. It's way too long. Everything, everything before he shows him the attack. Cause yeah, to be clear, he's showing the, the devil shows Jericho what his life could be. Well, no, he shows did he show what his life could be? Isn't yeah. he showing the past? He's showing what happened when his wife and his daughter were Well, born. what he's, well, I guess he's showing the past, but trying to say, I can bring this back, meaning right. give, give you them back. Yeah, so everything leading up to that is fine. And then they just keep talking. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, do you think God is a great press agent or whatever? It's like, they're just covering the same topics again. Yeah. It's too long. Although we do get our Sven sighting here. You get your Sven sighting. He's one of the attackers. The, I, the yeah, the, the only thing I wanted to say is that this is where I did have it, that this reminded me a little bit of The Devil's Advocate because of exactly what you said, the press agent. That was very, very much yeah, that Pacino's is very similar. kind of pitch to Keanu Reeves' character. Yeah. I mean, not press something agent, very similar. very similar, yes. Yeah, this whole movie is just stolen piecemeal bu- from other piecemeal movies. from a bunch of better movies. Yeah, it really is. Um, this is the point. I, I know we're, we're going along, but I don't want to spend too much time on it. Can, can we talk about Gabriel Byrne's accent? How it cuts in and out? Yeah. I mean, this is the first scene. He's been in this movie for an hour at this point. This is the first scene where I kind of went like, oh, is he doing a New York accent? Or is he trying? He's trying. Because this scene in particular is just like, I could tell you. I don't know. My accent is about as good as his. (laughs) But, you know, it's just, why is he talking like that? It's like not even really. Yeah, He has a different accent depending on the scene. This this one is like the most New York accent he has. The the only thing that I, 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 I don't believe it since you've seen him punch a punch a guy through the face and destroy him and give Wolverine-like powers to a nurse. But I love, you're a f- choir boy compared to yeah, me. I mean, yeah. Sean just goes crazy on him. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, this is, I think this is the most famous part of this movie. Yeah. is the, the choir boy line. It's such a weird moment where he's just yeah. like, I won't help you, and he gets real mad. It's just like, boy, like, why? Yeah, it, no, I it mean, comes he, out of nowhere. His character has supposed to, and shown signs of depression, and being broken, but not necessarily the rage. And then from like right. here on, that seems, oh yeah, you're in touch with your anger. It's like, I'm not really sure you've seen it that much. But like, this needs to feel like a difficult decision. He's being tempted to have his wife and his child back. 
he needs to be like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't. Or, you know, it needs to feel like he's really, really yeah, tempted to do it's it. It's a diff- Right. But he's just like angrily rejecting the devil's, like, proposition. It's like, no, he should be, like, some you interested. Should be, you, yeah, you should feel like he's about, he's like right in the fence of changing his mind, you know? That, yeah. This is him shouting at the devil is weird. Shout at the devil. Yeah, so he shouts at him, and then eventually the devil, the devil of Christmas past, yeah, just uh, picks picks Arnold up and uh, about is about to throw him through the window, and that's this is where you get the gunshots, and it's completely invalidating why he needed securing in the first place. Yeah, uh, uh, the devil in this movie kind of is the T one thousand a little bit. Like you yeah. shoot him, and the things close up, but then later when he's got a higher caliber gun, he gets staggered really easily. You're right, he is like the T-1000. You can't kill him, but you can knock him down pretty easily. Slow him down at least a little bit. You do get a little bit of Arnold face here. Oh yeah, there's some Arnold face. He gets thrown out the window and grabs onto the glass. Yeah. The the broken glass. Yeah, and he's he's full on Arnold face here. Uh, But Jericho makes a fool out of Satan. He says, oh, help me up, I agree, and then he just pulls him out (laughs) of the window. (laughs) Pulls him down. I enjoy that moment. That's kind of fun. And there's a little bit more Arnold face when he's trying to get back up. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Bobby Chicago sh- shows back up. Yep, I, I have, I have. Mine right here is body count negative one. This movie can go to hell. <laughs> no pun intended. So now we're at forty four again, but it'll go right. <laughs> this it, guy, it's only a matter of time. He'll be back on the body count soon. Um, but yeah, Kevin Pollock's like, oh no, it's me. I didn't. I survived. Like you know, I was thrown clear or whatever he says. Just yeah. like what? <laughs> he's thrown clear. And Are you gonna believe this? He he shows back up and then they have to establish that he's really real by shooting him in, shooting him in I don't know the arm or the, no it's not the shoulder it's the arm whatever he shoots him yeah and it's supposed to be like it's like suddenly like this comic moment where it's like you shot me yeah I managed I didn't really work it's for just me. a scratch right but okay it didn't work very well I mean nah. I, I I know what the the attempt was to to make sure that oh it's it's not the devil's possessed his body because the T one thousand moment it would heal right up. Right, no, he's just, he died and went to hell, and the, the devil came to him at some point and said, hey, if you help me, right, you won't be as much in pain or whatever the hell the <laughs> deal is, I don't even know. Um, but yeah, Jericho tells him where Christine is, because Jericho's an idiot. How does he not see what's happening here? Maybe he still doesn't believe that he's actually doing with the devil, but he saw, the, the devil just came to his house and showed him the past. How does he not, <laughs> at this point, believe that it's all Be real? suspicious, right. He should know that Kevin Pollock's a, you know, a zombie and not tell, he's telling him, to, oh, it made me so mad. How stupid are you? He went to all this trouble, he almost died trying to keep this secret from the devil, and then Kevin Pollock just shows up. Oh, I know it's his buddy, but The only on. good thing is, is that he says, what can I do to help? I'll go get a... St- striker car that conveniently has a gps yes, track it has a tracker system. in it um like well, that comes into play later i think but yeah that's pretty yeah. a stretch for 1999 for yeah. sure uh yeah so cut to the church again that's where christine's hanging out she's hanging out and now uh some reinforcements the cardinal and yeah. uh some and of a his whole retinue of dudes like he's six. rolling he's rolling with a big posse yeah, cardinal rolls big yes, uh, yeah so the <laughs> they show up and they're the knights of whatever and they're gonna kill yeah. Christine to yes. prevent the devil from coming back. So the uh, the knights get all the way up to the the cardinal level, apparently. I guess so. I mean, he's wearing this pin. You'd think he'd know that she knows what that is, and to not tip his hand, whatever. I mean, I guess they get far- Jericho comes in and saves the day. So I guess uh, it wouldn't have mattered. So how many? You can't really tell. I had a really hard time figuring out how many people don't make it out of here. Is it just the cardinal and his guys? I have a count somewhere. Let me find it. Okay, here we go. So, yeah, the devil comes in. Uh, we'll have Jericho and Christine run away. And then presumably the devil kills everyone in there. 
except Rod Steiger for reasons that are not explained. Right? See, do you think so? Because I thought some of there there were two nuns that were um, in the scene that were part of Rod Steiger's um, group, and I, I thought that you see them later in the movie. So I'm not sure if they're the same nuns, nuns or the same because there's some priests. I don't know. I, I just assumed. Because it cuts out that Jericho and Christine are running, and then just you just hear people screaming as right. the devil is killing everybody. So I just assume they all died, but I don't know why Rod Steiger. I, it's hard to say. There's no way to know who who died and who was who survived. So I just counted everybody but Rod Steiger. In my notes, I just have a bunch of numbers with question marks written because I wasn't sure. So I'm going to yeah, go with yours. This movie is the hardest thing to do a body count. It's really frustrating for this yeah. podcast. But now I've got four priests, four of Rod Steiger's priests. I only had one nun, so if there was two nuns... I thought there was two, but whatever. Uh, and then I've got the six members of the Cardinal's crew. And the Cardinal. And then the me. Cardinal, we know, died. <laughs> the Cardinal is a confirmed death. This is a Mortal Kombat moment right here. Yes, this is. movie is just Mortal Kombat. So, oh, and also, there was uh, uh, the devil did an uppercut to Rod Steiger. Did you notice that? Yes. He did like a tiger uppercut. He goes like... <laughs> it's like a video game punch. <laughs> I didn't have in my notes tiger uppercut, but I like that. Um, I mean, it's a really weird moment. Wait, wait, you know what he really needed to do? He needed to do yoga flame is what, is right. what the devil needed to do. Well, that would be a different religion. So I'm not sure how if yoga and the devil would uh, really mix. Um, but anyway, so I've got a 56 body count here plus the two that I missed. So 58. Yeah. And so now out of nowhere, it is just absolutely pouring rain. I'm not sure if it's only in the alley that it's just pouring rain. Right. But it is pouring. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I didn't think about it. He's only been in the church for like a minute. Yes. He shot the, the knife. He grabbed her and he ran. Yes. How long does that take? Not very wow, long. Think about that. And it is just a monsoon. Yeah, it's really outside. coming down. It's because they wanted his beat down that he gets here. Yeah. They wanted it to be dramatic. Yeah, and more dramatic. Rain. Yeah, because Kevin Pollock, he goes, get in, and Christine gets in the car, and of course he drives away and yeah. kidnaps her, because of course he is. How stupid is Jericho? And I, Jericho jumps in the back of the car and get, get another smushed Arnold face. I was going to say, it reminded me of Jingle All the Way. It's we said, similar. oh man, this is probably the only time we'll get smushed Arnold nope. face, and nope, two movies later. Not as rare as we thought. Yes. And this is where he takes, and I, I, know, I know why they wanted to show it. The, the beating that he takes. And by the way, these Satanists have flashlights. If they had candles, they yeah. would have all run away from Arnold. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But it well, was the, the candles sh- would have gone out in the rain. That's true. So they would have had to go and get their flashlights, and then they would have, <laughs> and then they would have turned the into guy. the Wolverines. Yeah. But I mean, I, I know the movie was trying to establish this was a different kind of Schwarzenegger movie because he took a beating. I mean, I, I, that's yeah. not what Arnold does, right? I know a lot of these guys, even the toughest Schwarzenegger character... <laughs> Would have a hard time. John Matrix. No, Matrix is the only one who would survive, <laughs> and the Terminator. The Terminator, they all just they can't they can't hurt the Terminator. Well, they they probably could do some damage to like his skin where it'd be hanging off. But yeah. but Matrix, they wouldn't even get that. Matrix would have just destroyed all of them. He would just have a grenade in his pocket and throw it, and they'd yes. all be dead, and he'd be fine. Yeah, uh, they'd go off a, like a trampoline, like one of those, those guys who go in, in commando. Yes. They get launched off those launchers, so especially the one guy who does like twists, right? <laughs> the gymnastics. They'd all do like gymnastics flips. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he gets a real beat down, and then he, I mean, yeah, he takes a, a savage beating, and then you know the, the uh, Gabriel Byrne comes over and gives him the old kick yeah. to finish him off. Yeah, well, he also gets shot in the hand. Yeah, he gets shot in the hand and leaves a hole in his hand, and then they string him up and crucify him. Yeah, and my note is, I think there's some religious imagery in this movie. <laughs> it's so overdone. Yeah. Well, I mean, he get, they they put him up on a cross. I, yes. but why did they leave him alive? Because he wanted to, the devil wanted to make him feel pain. <laughs> is that what he said? Yeah. 
okay, isn't hell painful also? Well, no. It's, <laughs> you could have killed him and sent him to hell. No, that would have been pretty painful. No, it's because he's going to witness the, you know, the, the end oh. of days. <laughs> he had to be around for the end of days. Yeah. I guess. He says later, like, I didn't want to kill you. Something like that. Yeah, it's because he wants... Aren't want- you the devil? <laughs> <laughs> Killing is wrong. No, I think... <laughs> I would have ca- killed you, but no, killing is no, wrong. No, no, no. He was getting at that he didn't want to kill him because... That makes sense, I guess. He No, because he... He wanted he, to rub it in and have him stick around. Yeah, and even before that, he kind of wanted him on his side because he was an angry fellow, so he thought he might have been able to have another flashlight-wielding Satanist. I guess. Maybe he's still holding out hope that he'd join him, but... Yeah. He, that, he very violently rejected him. <laughs> yes. Like he's a choir boy. So now, finally, twelve thirty one ninety nine, and you're right. Rod Steiger's just is walking to work. Yeah, he's fine. No big deal. He certainly doesn't look like someone who encountered the devil last no. night. It's just, there were a bunch of people murdered in his church, and he's just seriously. He looks like he's walking to work. He really does. He's just like, eh. he's just kind of out it's for a just, stroll. It's just another day in New York. Was this Rod Steiger's last movie? I think it was. I think I, so. I, maybe he was. Uh, you know, just, just mailing it in. I don't know. You're right that he's good in this. So I shouldn't be too critical, but so you're right. Most of the day, twelve thirty one ninety nine. He's Jericho's just in the church basement getting medical attention. Right. There's, no. there's another shot like with the radio people. Like every day starts with like tonight's the big night or whatever, and then suddenly it's night. Yeah. And they cut to Times Square at night, and it's like, whoa, what happened? This whole day went by. The day went by, and no, we're not going to take him to a hospital. We're we're going to treat him here in the church basement. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I had a huge problem with this. <laughs> Is there a reason? Maybe they don't trust he the hospital? He took a savage beating. Satan literally <laughs> kicked him. <laughs> a savage beating. And, oh, no problem. We'll just stitch him up a little bit and let him get some rest in our church basement. I mean, is it? are they worried about Satanists working at the hospital, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. There's evidence that they're everywhere. That they, they are in every part of society. Uh, yeah, so he stumbles out. Yeah, so he he says, "Oh, I've got enough time," and he stumbles out. And this is, this where, is where he tracks the vehicle. Yeah, he tracks the vehicle and he goes up. And you do get a gear up scene here, and it's a pretty good one. There's and Striker Security has a lot of weaponry, high powered. He's got explosives. Striker Security has got a lot. I don't think it's a good gear up sequence. Really? I think it's probably if if you were to rank all of Arnold's gear up sequence, it'd be at the bottom of the list. Well, oh. all right. I mean, it's maybe it's I was, nice. It's just nice to see a gear up sequence in a Schwarzenegger movie. So maybe yeah. that's that's. I mean, it's cool that it's there. And maybe it's just because I was looking for anything, you know, positive things in this. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, it's so much of what makes a gear up sequence cool is the music. And you're right that this movie has awful music. Yeah. Oh, it's Like, terrible. if it had some kind of rousing music, like, oh, boy. Like, you know, even in Eraser, which is not a great movie, but it's just like the gear up is just like, yeah, you get excited. Like, he's going to go kick some ass. The devil's going to have hell to pay. Did you want to say that? <laughs> oh, boy. He should have said that. Tell me how awesome that would have been. There'll be hell to pay. The devil has hell to pay. God, if this movie is before the end of days <laughs> if only this movie had been like that if only it had been a, a, a real Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger movie where he man. fought the devil how, how awesome is that it's in not some ways at all. in some ways if he would have fought the Pacino devil from the devil's advocate that movie would have been <laughs> a lot of fun yeah if he just showed up halfway through like, yeah out of my way Keanu Reeves <laughs> you're not equipped for out this of, out of my way Kevin I think he was Kevin and Kevin get out of my way <laughs> right. you may be a hotshot lawyer but you don't have a machine gun Anyway. So, so, yeah, so the only thing I did want to note that Stryker runs a really low ship because Arnold just steals a bunch of gear. He knows the cops are after him, 
And he literally just let this guy go in, take a bunch of guns and explosives. That's true. You know, the cops are after you, you know. Yes. He's very laissez-faire, you're right. Yes. Oh, wait a minute, you're taking a bunch of my gear? Are you going to commit more crimes? And I can't believe he's a model employee where he's earned oh. this trust where he's showing up drunk at work and all this. Yes. Yeah. Boy, you're right. Striker runs a really loose ship. Yeah, that's really, really bad. <laughs> Just like, yeah, take, take some weapons. So, um, he didn't, doesn't even ask why. <laughs> it's not like, oh, you have a job, you are protecting somebody? <laughs> no. Wow. Can I, can I ask one other thing, too? Sure. And I'll ask the audience at Bad Puns Podcast on Twitter. Why, why didn't the Satanist cops, why didn't Marge just go arrest him when he was strung up behind St. John's Church on the crucifix? I mean, maybe she didn't know, but she should, because maybe, maybe they just don't communicate with each other very well. It's like, those flashlight guys <laughs> forgot to tell Marge. <laughs> to go arrest the one guy who might be able to save Christine. Yeah, well, maybe, uh, I don't know. I shouldn't, I should stop trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's just like, you ask these questions. I try to, like, give the movie the benefit of the doubt and try and figure it out, it, but you're, you're right. right. It's, the, it's nonsense. There's no reason to. So the, the next thing I have is Jericho traces the striker card in Nick's theater. It's actually what my note says. Yeah, if only uh, Bobby Chicago had been more careful about where he parked. Yep. He would have never found it. Never found it. Yep. There's a blind guy who lets him in because he has Hayden's heart. <laughs> We already said, yeah. you just need to smell the right way and you can get in. Yep, so he works his way into this ceremony, which is just full of chanting and Latin. and Chanting, and these do not have flashlights. This is where they're going to be cowering. Yes, this is the candle people. And the reanimated and, Marge. Yes, I have zombie Marge. Marge doesn't make it. She loses yes. the showdown with Jericho. He re-kills Marge, so back up to 59. Uh, and then, yeah, he opens fire. This is where he really knocks down Satan and just blows him away. I mean... Yep. He gets right back up, but still, he buys him some time. Christine breaks free and... Uh, Kills some dudes in robes. Two, yeah, him. those two guys, they didn't make it. I, they're wearing Nigel Tufnell's uh, cloak from the, <laughs> yes. the, the uh, Stonehenge. From Stonehenge performance. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so they run out, right? Oh, no, he takes her hostage. I'll kill her, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and it's a total bluff that isn't very believable. Yeah, and she does say, what are you doing? He says, trust me. Which I, he says, trust me so often. I wish we were tracking that. We should have. It's been. too late to do it now. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so uh, he's going to. This is a sh- the showdown with uh, Kevin Pollock. Yeah. And this is, you know, he kind of appeals to Bobby Chicago's. I, I don't understand if he's made this deal. Is, is free will, does it still. Apparently, it still exists. I guess so. I'm surprised now that I think about it that this movie didn't do a thing where, like, Bobby Chicago, he made, he did a good deed, and so now you see him like float away up into heaven because he's <laughs> he's changed his fate, something like that. This is not that movie. I mean, it kind of is. I would <laughs> that wouldn't have been out of place in this movie at all. Uh, but yeah, he's number uh, sixty-two now, right? Did I say sixty-one before? I'm, yes. I can't remember if I'm keeping consistent. Yes. Uh, oh, and we get possibly another pun here where uh, Satan says, "Stand with me," and he goes, "You let me go. I'll stand wherever you want." Got no. that? No. No. Okay. Stand. Okay. Yeah. So then I have uh, the explosion. You said a little firepower allows for the, their escape, and the flashlight worshippers. <laughs> yeah, they run in as the the, the uh, candle people run out. Yes, and they're they're there to do some damage. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, yes, yeah, so this leads into the whole ending sequence, yeah. the end of end of days as they go down to a subway. Did, I mean, did you find any of this? No, Final the, sequence exciting? Or? No, it, I don't understand why a train was here. Well, he like blows a hole into... So, so, here's a ton more explosions. He blows up the whole like room where they're worshipping. Right. 
And then, uh, yeah, right. and, and then he blows a hole into the, uh, in the wall and they, I guess they go out into like a active subway tunnel. Yes. Cause it's a, a train, a, a train is there and there's this, you know, chase sequence on the train. It, it, the only thing I had that was worthwhile is we have, uh, yet another, you do not want to be a train conductor in an Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> no. movie because you become collateral damage. Oh, damn it. I don't have it up. <laughs> I'm unprepared. I uh, see. I wanted to. I, I, I wanted to surprise you and just do it. Oh, you surprised me, all right. Be- I have new equipment. That's my excuse. Collateral damage. Because yeah, this poor train conductor ultimately gets the. He gets the. He doesn't get the punch to the face. He gets the punch to like the heart. It's even worse. No, this is like a Jason Voorhees kill. Yes, it's like it's terrible super, for this poor guy. I mean, this has really become like a uh, you know like a horror movie where he's just hunting them down. Uh, he does. He they kill four yeah. flashlight guys. He kills three. She kills one, and then this train conductor guy. The, so yeah, the po- I, I felt bad for that train conductor. So I'm still not. I was going to play it right there, and I'm still not prepared. But Christine, as you said, does get that one accidental uh, kill as she's just learning how to use a firearm. But yeah, this entire chase sequence on the train. Uh, apparently, you just have to go to the back of a train if it is running into a you know in, into something, and you'll yeah. be fine. I mean, that's safer than just jumping off the train. The train didn't seem like it was, like it was going that fast, but uh, we did skip over Satan gi- doing his giant leap. <laughs> Preposterous. He goes like, and leaps across the trains. He leaps and across, then, but then yeah, Arnold gets him with a, like a grenade or something. Yeah, a rock, our RPG and just blows him back into the other car. Yeah, he really gets blown to bits. Yes. <laughs> it's obvious that like he can only heal himself so much. Yeah, like, He's literally in pieces here. It's like, well, now I'm done. Now, he's not getting up from that one. End of Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, so I counted a body here because Gabriel Byrne, yeah, that, that, the real dude. The investment banker yeah, is dead. Yeah, that guy is dead now. He's not coming back from this. <laughs> the chosen one is dead. Yeah. But yeah, the devil leaves his body and we get more invisible things. Yes, it, it takes off and Christine and Jericho make their way into the street and are immediately surrounded by Satanists. Immediately. They come up yeah, out, yeah. Of the, out of the subway and both sides are surrounded by, and they're the flashlight kind. They are not the ones with candles, so they are in danger. Yeah, they're everywhere. They somehow knew where they were going to come out. Either you know that, that, or they were just, they've taken over the city already. <laughs> and conveniently, the one place that they funnel Jericho and Christine into is a church. Church, right. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter because the devil's, he's willing to go into churches now. Yeah. He can withstand the pain, whatever he said. Uh, it just, you know, they got him in church because that's where he wanted to stage this finale. Yeah. Where Arnold versus dumb cgi monster it looks terrible it it does look really bad. it's stan winston i saw worked on this yep he designed this monster this like giant devil thing it's it, it looks bad and it's also unnecessary because in the end it just shows up for a second doesn't really do anything and then he possesses jericho Arnold, yeah i mean it kind of bounces it, it just it has a bunch of the church pews like oh right. pop up it comes well, up out of the 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 ground. Yeah, and there's like an earthquake and yeah. things are falling, the, the, the ceilings are collapsing in, but the monster doesn't do any of that. The CGI, it just, that's all happening and then the big demon shows up. The reveal, up. yeah, it com- shows up. And does nothing. Like, why is he even in the movie? He just possesses arms. Have the invisible thing show up and possess arms. <laughs> it's because it had wanted to use some CGI. It looks so bad. It's embarrassing. Like, I felt, I felt ashamed for <laughs> Peter Hyams. Just like, whoa. It, it, uh, the words can't describe the the only I, I guess the only thing I took away from it is we do at least get some more Arnold face here at the end. Yeah, as he's getting possessed, which uh, we skipped over the part where he kind of refines his faith and he sees all the imagery and he's like, oh, I'll drop my gun, I'll put my faith in God. 
and I guess that's what gives him the strength to fight the devil and inside. Yeah, and, and kill himself. I, I, the statue with a real sword. <laughs> they got a statue with a real sharp sword like, <laughs> that he can throw himself on. Yes, that's crazy. It's not even like a stone sword. It's a nope. real. It is metal. Metal sword. The entire and you're, we I skipped over it because I thought it was just so lame that yes he drops down his gun and he's found his faith. Come on, yeah, it's bad. I mean, it's supposed to be a follow up to his line earlier, but like I trust my Grok, I don't trust your faith. But it's unearned. None of it is earned. We have, we don't believe. We haven't seen this transition. No, he's been and too busy running around. You know. So as he's impaled himself on the real sword, as you know, as you noted, he sees his wife and daughter, as does Christine, and that's basically the end of the movie. In the novelization, he somehow miraculously survives. I do think... Does he just resist it long enough for time to expire? And by the way, there's only... A, like, when he gets possessed, there's only a minute left. And he's got to impregnate her in a minute? <laughs> That's a tall order. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... He doesn't, You're really speaking ill of the devil. <laughs> but that, that's what or he's they has, are, I guess. But that's what that he has can, to do, right? Like, yeah. He almost didn't need to kill himself, because he's not going to finish in time. <laughs> Their clothes are still on. <laughs> You're, no, because they're they're still on. But when he when he's possessed and like taking her up towards the front of the, the altar, church, yeah, yeah, he he tears like some of her clothes a little bit. So I, you see him tearing, but none of her clothes come off. She's still fully clothed. I, guess. I don't know what he's tearing. I but you know what I mean? How is he gonna? He was. He, he, it was. He had a minute left. Yes, that one pump. That's, and, that's, that's, <laughs> really. That's really all he had. And he, and he just. He didn't need to kill himself. Just resist for ten seconds. Right. Anyway, just run a lap around the church, and you should. <laughs> right. Just think about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret Cat, Margaret Thatcher on a cold day. Whatever. Uh, no, he's yeah. They they wanted it to be more dramatic, so he yeah. dies. So. He's number 68. And it's the end of end of days. Yeah. As the police show up and Satanists have fled. Not explaining why. <laughs> that flashlights ran out of batteries. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah. So, yeah. Body count of 68. Pun count of one. We're not going to count that stand one, I guess. So, <laughs> no. that's fine. Uh, yeah. I, I, this is a bad movie. It's not even... I just wish Arnold... We came off a movie where Arnold was carrying you know, Jingle all, all the way... He was. It's a bad movie, but he is so good in it. That was some fun stuff. In it. Yeah. This, there's nothing really. Nope. It's just. This is the worst kind of movie, which is boring and blah. And you know, we found some things to talk about, but boy, I did not enjoy watching it. No, neither did I. And just, uh, just briefly, since we ran a little long, uh, just the year of 1999 has a lot of that, as you already noted. You know, the, the, in the top 10 in terms of box office gross, just to, to cover the gross on this, it had a, a roughly a $100 million budget, it was estimated. Six, just under $67 million domestic, uh, 212 worldwide. So it probably made its, made its budget back and made a little bit, but not a ton. Yeah, I think that shows that his, his star had fallen in the U.S. a lot. Yeah. Probably not so, as much, you know, worldwide, but... It, Even it, still, I think his movies do pretty well worldwide. Yeah. Well, we we had said it was the decline, right? And it was. Oh yeah. It was well on in the decline, but you know, nineteen ninety nine, Star Wars: The Phantom Menace, that was the top grossing movie. And it's it's terrible. Yeah. Uh. Well, yes, it's bad. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. It's not my least favorite Star Wars movie, but it's pretty bad. But I mean, just in the top ten. So you got uh, so that was just under a nine hundred twenty five million uh, worldwide gross for uh, Phantom Menace, and that was the record at the time, right? Yeah. 
Was it Titanic I mean, had it before that, and I think Phantom Menace broke the I think so. all-time and, box office. I mean, none of these are inflation-adjusted, so really, when you go back, I think... Oh, sure. I think Gone, Gone with, with the, the Wind, wind is, still. Yeah, it's not even close. But yeah. um, So number two is a movie that I just... I I don't want to spend time on it, but it, I do not like this, and it's probably uh, appropriate since we were talking about Unbreakable. The Sixth Sense was number two. Uh, really? I mean, you didn't even like it the first time, or you, no. ne- you never liked The Sixth Sense? No, you re- I, if you really want to get into it, is that... I'm just curious, briefly. Yeah, so many people tell me, oh... Oh, I got you, spoiled for you, okay. No, no, they're like, oh, it's, it has this ending, you're never going to see it coming, oh. and, it's, and it's genius. And I, and I, I would ask that's That's basically getting spoiled. If you're looking for a twist, you're going to spot the twist a mile away. Okay, well, but I, when I saw it, and I, I said to people, I would ask them when they said how great this was, and how, you know, you'd, we wouldn't see it coming, like, I've asked many, multiple people who told me this... Have you ever seen The Usual Suspects? And believe it or not, they had. And I'm like, you know what? Come back to me if you want to know what I think is a much better script in terms of covering the bases of the twist in the end, and it's not cheating. Well, but yeah, Usual Suspects doesn't rely on the twist. Like, Sixth Sense, it, it's so dependent on the twist. Yeah. yeah. So, Usual Suspects what? is still a good movie, even you take away that twist, it's still a good movie. Yeah. I, whatever. I, I have no love for The Sixth Sense. I like The Sixth Sense. Uh, just finish, you know, Moving through, Toy Story 2 was number three. Uh, the Matrix, the love affair with CGI full-on. I still enjoy The Matrix, though. I really soured on The Matrix. Uh, I liked it a lot at the time, but I don't know. I, I, feel, can, I feel like this is a movie that's not aging well. I can understand that. Um, number five was Disney's uh, the tar- Tarzan. Wow, number five. Yeah. This was a big year for movies. Like I know a lot of stuff. Uh, I, won't, I won't get ahead of you, but... 99 is one of those people talk about it, like, whoa, what a great year for movies. Tarzan number five is pretty surprising. I, I don't know if I agree with people that 99 was a great mo- year, but anyway. I know some of the stuff has not aged well, but go ahead. I, I won't, I won't and, jump And this is just box office gross, so number six, The Mummy. Whoa, whoa, oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> speaking of not aging well. Yes. Speaking of bad CGI. Uh, Big num- face in a sandstorm. <laughs> yeah, whatever that was. <laughs> oh, boy, it's not as bad as uh, The Mummy Returns with CGI Rock, The Rock. <laughs> the, scorpion king, the scorpion king yes. scorpion king oh my god that's so, so bad. terrible that number 7 surprising notting hill was number 7 at 364 million dollars yeah i could kind of i understand that that's when uh, what's his name Hugh grant Hugh grant was, was at his peak at his peak uh one of the worst bond movies of all time oh 99 that's not die another day that was later oh the world is not enough yes i know uh, you it's not good it's not one of my favorites yeah. but there's some okay stuff in it. If it wasn't for uh, uh, Denise Richards, Doctor Christmas Jones, yeah, she's she's real bad. Uh, number nine, American Beauty, and number ten, Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shagged Me. That was the second one. Yes, that was the second one. Okay, you made a face at American Beauty. No, no good. I, 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 I don't. It hasn't aged well either. No, I, I that that's the thing. So let let me give you two. I'm not going to go through because I had some thrillers to kind of cover. I'm not going to cover them. I want to cover two movies that came out in 99 that had two of the worst marketing campaigns of all time. I know what one's going to be. <laughs> and, well, go ahead. It's Fight Club. Yeah. Okay. So uh, to me, that is the movie from 1999. I know you don't love it as much as I do. I still enjoy it. Still think it, it's a well-done movie. I like the movie Fight Club. I just don't like Chuck Palahniuk the same way you do. I, I can understand that. But let me also say, though, the CGI that's in there... It, it's not used a ton, but the CGI that's in there, I think, holds up and is still pretty good. Yeah, I'd agree. It helps when David Fincher is overseeing right. it. Like, he's such a perfectionist. So. Yeah. Uh, the other one that is poorly marketed by the same company, Fox, it's a comedy. 99. Uh, one oh, of the, Office Space. Yeah. Well, I, 
such a terrible marketing campaign, and it's a movie that bombed at the box office. I don't and remember any marketing. I never. I didn't hear that movie until it was on DVD. Now what they played up is from the creator of Beavis and Butthead, oh, and that I, makes sense. It's just it, I, but it, but it's not. I mean that that is not the vibe in that movie. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah. So I mean that's a little bit uh, of what was going on in '99. I'm not sure I agree that it's a great year of movies, but it does have two that I enjoy: in Office Space and, and Fight Club. Yeah, I think a lot of it was just like the transition into CGI. It was being has oh, caused you, yeah too movies much. to really really look bad. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's the show. I don't think I'll ever be watching Collateral Damage. Or collateral Damage. Collateral I've, Damage. It's because I pulled the clip up too late, and now here it is. Get it out of my system. It's called Collateral Damage. <laughs> this is awesome. Once again, I failed to have it available when we needed it. But uh, it's all right. Yeah. So anyway, that's the show. So, so you got the you, next episode. Yes, yeah, so you got your stats in. But yeah, you, you're, you're actually up with the next episode. I am and I'm not, because yeah. I basically have a choice of one. Yeah. The only category we've left is the quote-unquote comic book adaptations. Yeah, and we've said that we were going to do them in order. Yeah, so the Conan the Barbarian yeah. is the next movie, which I'm excited about. I am too. So it could be a, should be a good way to end our choices going into T3. Yeah, well, I mean, who knows what we'll feel about T3. Maybe it'll hold up better. That wasn't, uh, yeah, don't. <laughs> talk to Mike just did the talk to the hand motion at me <laughs> and shut me up. Doesn't really play on a podcast, no, but I thought <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, what year was that? It was 2001? 2002? I think it's 2002. Okay. So, I mean, similar period of, like, a period of where movies don't hold up so well, so yes. we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. But Conan Con- should be good. Conan will be good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll be the next episode. So, join us then. Uh, until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Bad Puns Podcast. And you can write us an email at questions at bpamg.com. And if you enjoy the show, please like us on your podcast app of choice and write us a favorable review. And I have one uh, last order of business, which is the rule in a crisis situation. There are a lot of rules in this movie, like what you can and can't do and what period of time the devil can impregnate women and things. So I want to hear about your rules. Uh, it's true. There are a lot of rules, but none of they seem to just all be made up as you go along, which is yes. one of our rules in a crisis situation. That's true. The movie was following one of our own rules. So how could we be critical? We're such the, hypocrites. The, the, rule, the rule that I came away from this one, which you didn't pick up on as much, is uh, I... I my rule is is that if you need medical attention, don't go to a hospital. Go to a basement of a church in New York because they can heal you right up and you can go fight the devil with no problems. Stigmata gets healed magically in basements of, of churches, whereas <laughs> in a hospital you get pinned to the ceiling. That's true. So yeah, that's Church basement. Nice. That's where you want to go if you have medical emergencies. That's a great rule. I agree. It's you, isn't it? I believe so. So We will be back with Conan the Barbarian. He's the demon. He's the demon. If she lives to bring about the end of days, there will be no redemption. And she made a prophecy about end of days. End of days. What about the end of days? We are doing God's work. We are preventing the end of days. And with your last breath, you shall bear witness to the end of days.